Yo, is this episode 51? Episode 51. Hey, welcome back to the Mega Late Show, the number one hip-hop and dub culture podcast in Tokyo. I'm Mega. Grand Mega Yo. Flowers. Yo, this is late. <laughs> it's just late. That's it. You don't you don't want to be like DJ late today? Oh wait, no, I'm like super flash mega cut master mix man. I am late, Jesse. Boo. That's a long ass thing to put on a uh, <laughs> Yeah, on the description. But we're, uh, yo, everybody, today we're recording in the Mega Reactor Buddha Spine here in Ike Bukuro. And we've got our man, Brooklyn Terry, who you guys will recognize from dancing around Mariah Carey and shit. Oh, man, don't say that. Oh, dancing around. <laughs> can we, can yeah, we keep the, that low? From the world famous Elite Force. Yes. With sir. the likes of yes, Buddha sir. Stretch. Mm. To your knowledge. And this is a crazy thing because today we have two tremendously legendary people of the community. Uh, Brooklyn Terry, you guys have heard him on the podcast before and also on our guy, uh, Tokyo Cliff, the Raw Urban Mobile Podcaster episode where Brooklyn Terry just came out. And uh, Brooklyn, thank you for uh, rocking with us today, man. It's no good doubt, to see you. Man, no doubt, man. I had to be here. I had to be here. Yes. I did too. I've been thinking about this day for a long time, and actually, we've been building with this brother all afternoon. And he's no stranger to the home studio. In fact, he crafted some of the greatest hits out of a small apartment in Queensbridge. I think the idea of the home studio may have come from this you know man. I mean? Yo. Yo. He's a DJ on the first hip hop radio show, WBLS, with Mr. Magic. Everybody should know that. Y'all don't know that? He's the first person to chop up some samples. Mm. People was like, yo, let me just play this record back and forth. Back, spin it. And he was like, nah, I'm going to take that snare. I'm going to mm. take that drum. Machete. He's also the cat who basically gave us not the first posse cut, but one of the greatest of all time. For real. Mm. For real. Undeniably, one of the most important people in the history of hip-hop music. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Who even knows? <laughs> Who even knows where hip-hop would be today? If he didn't decide to start chopping up samples. For real. The success and the formulas for Primo, Pete Rock, Dilla, Ninth Wonder. Name any producer that's chopping up beats. Comes from this man. Yes, sir. He's given people careers. Dozens and dozens of people. I call him the kingmaker. He is. We was just talking about K-Def and how dope K-Def was. Mm. Where would K-Def be without this man's tutelage? Mm. I mean... I think I, I see him kind of I always call the really dope cats legends Brooklyn Terry I've called you a legend but I feel like that doesn't do this man service he's more like a mythical creature who is still roaming around the forest did you like call him a unicorn you know what I'm saying <laughs> Bigfoot thank you man Bigfoot in the room where you at yo you know I was reading an article on Vice magazine uh, on Vice where they try to get in contact with him so there was like yo craig g we've been trying to get in contact with this man for weeks finally craig g calls him up he's like yo i'm with these guys and they want to talk to you and he's like all right no he said i and he hung up <laughs> for years he's that kept, queen's bridge you know right what there. i mean <laughs> for years he's kept quiet 
not telling his side of the story because he was there during all this shit. But he's been kept quiet. Most recently, you may have seen him on the Drink Champs, tossing out mad jewels, enlightening a lot of people about things that he did and participated in that we might not have known about. We have the world famous Molly Mall. What up, baby? I got it. I got an applause drop. Do I? Let me just let that rock. I thought you had Bigfoot up in here. Yo. <laughs> Yo. But I'll, t- I'll take that Bigfoot. Today. <laughs> I'll be Bigfoot today. Bigfoot Molly Ma. I- I'm, just, I'm just happy to talk to you. We've been building all afternoon yes. and like, I- I- Yo, late. Yo. Our lives are pretty dope. We're doing a lot of We're dope doing things. All right, man. <laughs> the guy who just delivered the pizza, he just came to the door, dropped off pizzas. He had no idea that living history was just chilling. Behind the walls. <laughs> yep. That poor man. He should I mean, came in here too. I mean, we we met the lady who runs Apple Hotel, but I mean, we're doing all right today. We're doing pretty good. <laughs> we're on the roll. You know what I mean? She might have a little bit more money than us, but she definitely. You know what I mean? A little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. She was very nice though. But thank you for joining us today, man. Wow, no doubt, no doubt. Happy to be here. You know, especially you know this this is coming out of out of Japan. I'm, you know, happen to come over here for. Of course, Terry's party, you know, it's going to be crazy. So we came out here for Terry's party. And, you know, exactly, you know, he said, yeah, well, I got the podcast that you really need to be on. So I'm happy to be here, man. Thank it's you. Real talk. It's Thank real you. Talk. Thank you both. Terry, uh, we, we, we love Speakeasy. We love your support. Uh, yes. Rock with what you're doing. Elite Force forever. Yo, um, so Japan, I've, I was finding out today that you've been coming out here for a long time. When was the first time you really... We're introduced to Japan and wow, their culture. I think I came out here, you know, I think I came out here like about 95-ish. Okay. 95-ish. The second golden era. You know what I mean? And that was you know, my first that year here too. 95. Yeah, around 95. Yeah. Was that for like touring or you just... Um, I came out here actually for gigs. I started, you know, my man Brooklyn Yaz used to always have us out here. So, you know. That's when, that's when it all started for me coming on this side for real. You related to him, Brooklyn Terry? No, but actually, <laughs> I think I know Yaz. Yeah. I didn't know he was going by Brooklyn Yaz, but yeah. yo, I, I met Brooklyn Yaz. Uh, I think I just met him the other night at DJ Quiet Storm's there party. You go. My, that yeah. was my blue bag. In yeah. Wait, DJ Yaz? Yes? Yeah, no, there's two. There's Yaz and there's Brooklyn Yaz. Yeah. He's oh, like that's... a little short dude, kind of wilding out, a little yeah. bit crazy. Had yeah. like a Hawaiian Sophie shirt on 100%, 100%. type of. 100%. Yeah, I met him the other night. That's funny because in, in on the scene on the dance scene, there's two Terrys. Oh. And that's why I'm Brooklyn Terry. Oh, okay. There you go. Throw <laughs> the Brooklyn in the front. Bam. There we go. Nobody can mistake All you. All Glocks down. <laughs> and you've been and you've been coming to Japan ever since, man. Yeah, man. You know, I, I kind of have a little place out in Nagasaki where I be staying. And you know, you know the family live out there, so you know we just chilling. You know. So you basically like a Japanese resident now. You be living out here almost the amount of t- same amount of time as you are in the states. Hi. Hey, yo, straight up and down when he gave his passport to the dude at the hotel today, he passed it like the business card style, you know, both hands, bowed his head, real legit, took off his shoes as soon as he walked into the place. Definitely a Japanese, you're definitely black and knees now. You know it, you know it. Probably my it second you, life, in my, in my earlier life before, I believe I was probably living out here as a, as a shogun or something. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That's real talk. Yeah, man, wonderful. Yo, uh, Nagasaki, by the way, um, the homie right here on my right hand side, Naomi, is also from Nagasaki. That's right. Yo, oh, shout wow. out to Nagasaki. Wow. 
Yeah, okay. word, word. Nagasaki. My That's daughter goes to the, one of the smart schools on the hill. <laughs> I don't know. It's a real, real smart school out in Nagasaki, and you know you have to be really smart to go there. It costs a lot too. So. Do they know that you're like one of the most important people in hip hop history? Nah, I'll be on the low, man. When I go out to Nagasaki, man, I'm, you know what the funny thing? I'll be with my um, father-in-law. We go to karaoke joints, and they all know him. You know, he got he he's so known that that he had they have his family name on the coasters. You oh. know, when they come up on him. Oh wow! So we go up in places. Family name is on the coasters in the in the karaoke spots and bars. And you know, once I start singing, my my, my karaoke go-to song is "Happy" by Pharrell. Hey, oh, I, I turn it out. I, yo, I could walk into a karaoke spot. Nobody know who I am. Nobody know I'm Molly Mall. Nobody even know anything about my hip hop history, but once I start singing "Happy," I turn the whole place out. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that is the greatest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> 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 no, 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 wait. I'm sitting next that. to Molly Molly. He's talking about doing karaoke and singing "Happy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like, crazy, man. Wrap your head around that for yes. a second, yes. everybody. So yeah. crazy. That's why I love Japan because I come out here, man. I, I kind of when I go to Nagasaki and I go go chill. You know, it's kind of like laid back where I go. You know, we live in the country out there. I don't live in the city part. We live in the country, so it's a lot of farmers that be in the karaoke spot. And, you know, and you know, it's we have farmland on our land. And it's so different for me from what I grew up from. When I come out here, I kind of drop the Marley Mall, man. I just mm. become dad. I love this. Okay. I become Dope. dad to I my kids. It. Yeah. I fucking love that. <laughs> I mean, there, there's an authenticity. And I can tell I you something. Let me tell you something, too. My kids have no idea. You're kidding me. No idea. I'm just let you know that. So they'd be like, yo, Kanye's the best. And you'd be like, yo. <laughs> you, know, you know what the funny thing is? They're not even into hip-hop. My daughter oh. doesn't even care about hip-hop. She, she oh, listens man. to Japanese pop. Wow. Mm. See, she has no idea of my influence. One day we went to ex Exile concert, and we were sitting in, in the, um, the Skybox, because they gave me the Skybox. And, you know, she goes to a very influential school in Nagasaki. But when she came back with the pictures... With exile, with us in the skybox, everybody in her school was like, "What? Who's what your, your father? Doing? Who is your daddy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and, but but it was crazy because they have no idea of my history, and I love wow. it like that. I, I kind of like it. You didn't feel the need to indoctrinate your children into hip hop like I be doing all day. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm gonna let them just grow and love what they love, and they'll find okay. out. And, and they have yeah. no idea of the impact of anything i've done ever mm. there's just like why um why are we in the skybox yeah. why are we getting treated like this yeah. but i never that's why told we need them to, we need to update your wikipedia page <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean i'm gonna do that tonight i'm gonna do that tomorrow man. i got you I'm right i'm gonna write ten thousand page dissertation yeah, to, them, 10, I'm word. to them i'm just that's crazy that's I mean, that doesn't seem crazy to you, Terry. Um, do, what do you I, do with your kids? I understand on a different level, uh, not on this level. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my th my kids think I'm corny, <laughs> and I love it. I absolutely is it the love getting it. jiggy with it video that makes them think that? <laughs> 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 they saw you on there in the background yeah, spinning you, around. And you shit. don't have the bomb because you just blew yeah, me I, up. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. Shots fired, maybe. Yeah, I don't Yo, know. Yeah, for yeah. real, one time I went to this event and there's like a bunch of dancers there and then everybody's coming to take pictures with me. 
and my daughter was there and she looked at me with the stank face was like daddy why are you so popular today and, <laughs> 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 and I was like don't worry about it baby because it doesn't it doesn't matter because at the end of the day you have to let them be on their own journey yeah you know yeah. It, uh, all these kids are gonna find out this it's impossible not to find out who right. he is I'm sure my kids will find out mm-hmm. who I am, and they probably still won't. I'm gonna tell. Fuck. I'm gonna tell them next speakeasy. I'm gonna be like, "Yo, here's a whole article here. I printed it out about your dad." You know, that's crazy. I mean, I, I, I can appreciate it. You know, I've got a three year old daughter, and like I said, I, I'm not indoctrinating her into any type of religion or anything like that. But mm-hmm. for hip hop stuff, man, I'm definitely gonna start building it early building trying to build that interest and i got spider-man stuff all around the house because i want to like spider-man too right so mad militant (laughs) well to be honest let me tell you something about my daughter she's so far away from hip-hop she plays an electron in the crib wow we have an electron okay we don't have we don't have no akai drum machines turns i don't have one turntable in the crib really nothing not one thing she has an electron that's her music that's crazy just letting her live but she's really nice on it. She's winning competitions. <laughs> on an electron. Yeah, wow. electron. She, she okay. plays with a, She's way better than I could have ever been when it yeah. comes to the music. She's doing like four things at one time, two feet, two hands. Yeah. I'm looking at her like, how do you know this? How does your brain mm. do this? Mm. Yo, we need to get her on the podcast. <laughs> talk about <laughs> art. But think about when she discovers, when she discovers right. hip-hop, when she discovers this world and she brings her skills and her knowledge to this world, right. she just may change music like her daddy did. You know, I'm Burr. thinking about throwing some beats under some of her music. You got to throw those and piece the yeah. president drums yeah, over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was kind of think. you know, we, we kind of think about collabing together. It might be a collab mm-hmm. down the way. She's 16 right now, by the way. Oh wow! Ooh. Yeah, so you know, but wow. she's you know she likes her own music. Her music that she likes is the Japanese music that sounds sped up to me. <laughs> it's like 120 BPM. She plays in the car nice and loud, so she's torturing me, and I, mean, I just let her do it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe. Oh man, I kind of feel like I'm gonna have nightmares about I, that. I guess it's better. My daughter loves Katy Perry. Okay, and I just want to punch myself in the face. Nah, <laughs> see, see, I'm scared. But like I don't, don't want to. You know? yeah. I don't want to be like you can't listen to that because then she's gonna want to listen to Katy Perry more. But you know what I mean? Like I, just, I definitely got to show her the magic of my these eyes samples. Kind of scoot out the room. Like, yeah. Yo, Marley, can you talk a little bit about how Japan was when you first came over? Oh, it was a it was. It was so different from what I grew up on, man. It was calm. It was polite. Take your shoes off when you're coming in people's house. I mean, that's... Come on, man. I'm from the hood, Dukes. We never took our shoes off <laughs> and going to nobody's house. But, you know, that's a, that was a respect factor when I came out here. Um, I noticed that you know, it, was, it was a little calmer from what I grew up on, so I kind of attracted myself to it because it was, it was way different. It was more respectful. You know, you have to have respect for the people, kind of. And, you know, you know, I, I live in a disrespectful neighborhood. Nobody has respect for their mama. So, <laughs> yeah, I came out here and seen, you know, you know, people having respect and, you know, just the culture and the food was clean, the atmosphere. I mean, come on, man. I'm from Queensbridge. You know, they ain't cleaned the streets in years were on my block back in the day. You know, I could walk in some spots. I could go to the subway in Japan and it's clean. It's not like... The New York City subways, if you know what I mean, you know. So I came out here. It was just so different for me that it just made me attract to to everything out here because it was cool. It was it was really cool. 
do you think it's changed a lot since the first time you came over the country? Uh, I'm seeing a lot of more mixed kids walking down the street from hey. school. Word. I'm starting to see that more. Because um, I've been coming out here for a minute. So, you know, I've I seen the change. You know, I already know once the hip-hop generation came, right. they, they created super kids. We uh, <laughs> are <laughs> hybrid. Um, right, right, right. DJ Quiet Storm was on, and he was telling us how, like, Shibuya just used to be, like, kind of raw back in the day. Mm. Mm. Just like you could just walk out and, you know, or he was in Yoyogi Park and people were laying down linoleum and break dancing. He oh. says he, he think he saw Honda out there just like playing in the park. Crush. Mm-hmm. Crush. DJ Crush. Ooh, right. yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was always different. I mean, then I started coming out here with Pete Rock. You know, we did our Future Flavors tour. That was really opened the doors for us. When we came and did a Future Flavors tour, we went to Osaka. We did like about five different areas and it was dope you know p-rock had an album release and you know we just came out and, and and i seen so much and and i seen how they um accepted hip-hop in different ways than we Burn. do in the states if you know what i mean like people will run up to me on the street telling me hey i like the way you sampled so and so and they naming the record now me being the sampler back in the day i didn't care for the titles if it was hot i'll just put it on put throw it in the sampler probably not even knowing what the name of the record was but the the detailism i could say in japan and when it came to hip-hop they knew every little aspect of everything i've done i could walk around the city and they don't know that mm. and i come out here and, and some japanese kid about 20 years old could tell me every record I've ever sampled all the artists they have my whole discography and a 20 year old in in New York couldn't tell me anything Mm, but Biggie said my name yeah it seems like it seems like in (laughs) in Asia and in Europe and even Australia they have a lot more respect for the pioneers and the legends of hip hop culture but you know also I mean on the dance side it's really similar but I think with the cats here what they're doing is they're researching you mm. and the, the people at home they're not researching because they're living their everyday lives and hip-hop is their everyday life when the last time you researched yourself you know what i mean so there's a 20 yeah. year old kid in the hood that's like i'm not researching myself and they feel like he's them they're mm-hmm. him so they're not researching they know the songs they know the songs there's no way you don't know the songs but they're not checking on the samples and all of this stuff and not totally researching because they feel like this is what i walk this is what i breathe this is who i am so i also think a, a, a large part of it is that we like to cannibalize our culture in in the united states and once an artist is no longer popping we tr- a lot of kids think that i can't listen to that no more because that's corny i can't tell you that ja rule is dope because that's corny oh, that's my yeah. parents yeah. music yeah. Yeah. Listening to that. We, we cannibalize a lot right, of our right, culture, right. and the and the music industry doesn't help with that shit at all. Because when something dope happens, like the twenty year anniversary of, you know, Aquemini, there's not any news publication giving a historical yep. retrospective about it. True, they're just like that's old shit. Like True. get with the new shit. But well, I can tell you something about even in Japan. If they're into anything in Japan, they're gonna go to the core of it. Indeed. If you like, yep. if you like jazz, they're gonna know about Dizzy Gillespie. Mm. They're gonna know yeah. all his songs. If they're into classical, you're gonna know yeah. everything about it. 
You're gonna redo your research, not just. It's more than just music. It's yeah. the knowledge of of, yeah. of what you love. They almost have like an addictive personality lifestyle where no matter what they do, they want to perfect it and take it to its limit of perfection. Yeah. That's why you can buy like eighty five dollar mangoes out here and shit. Right. But there's a but. See, I'm not I'm not a Japanophile. <laughs> sure. So I'm as I respect the culture. I totally respect the culture. There's one thing that we do on our side that hasn't happened. We create the new. We create the next thing for them mm -hmm. to research. Mm. So, and I think part of the cannibalization, like when you eat something, right? When you right. eat something, it helps to build you up, make you stronger. Yeah, so they're cannibalizing their own we're cannibalizing our own culture but that in turn becomes this new thing that, sure yeah that shit becomes yeah. trap on mm. the dance floor that shit becomes light feet yeah and it soundcloud becomes house, and, yeah and it becomes um broken beat and it becomes like it, it, it lo-fi yeah lo-fi just keeps coming up with something new but on the other side over here because it's studied because it's studied they don't create the new they don't yeah they just replicate what's already done and that's cool that's yeah. dope but a lot of the 20 years 20 year olds at home they're like yeah. now we're not listening to that anymore because right now we're creating yeah this yeah. thing right here and but what they don't know is the only reason that it's possible to create that is because of men like wally right right so but later they go back and they're like oh man because like molly said he was like yo i wasn't looking at who i was sampling but he was sampling mm. them so he was in, in in a way cannibalizing but then later he went back he was just like yo these people are incredible right and that's why i am who i am and then these folks these young cats are in turn doing the same thing that's it I'd also like to put out that I'm not a Japanophile and I'm very <laughs> negative about the cultures too. It's just, you know, but it is, it is, it is a culture that like, uh, what, one of the things I do like about that is that guys like AG and Elder Sensei and Marley and, and Brand Newbie and a lot of these cats who aren't getting a lot of play in the United States, they come out here and they receive love. And that's what I love about, that's, that's what I like about it. And I'd like to see more, more of y'all out here doing that. So it's one of the reasons we started the podcast. Nice. We had we had DJ Premier up at Sound uh, Sound Museum Vision, and Lay and I looked at each other and was like, "Why didn't we know about that? Why mm. Why does nobody like? I'm a hip hop head. I want to see Premier. Right. Like, and so yeah, because yeah, the communities are separate. Yeah, exactly. We We're that. working on it. But yo, <laughs> let's go. Let's go into a. Do you have any more Japan Japan questions, Lay? Nah, man. Let's do this good. temperature check. Right. Which is where we ask you random questions about your taste in music and things of that nature. So uh, we usually start off with like, who was your favorite MC when you were 16? But like, man, when you were 16, your favorite MC was like <laughs> your next door neighbor and shit. Like, I don't even, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how to approach that with you because you were like, I mean, they were still, the, the pioneers were still doing it back I then. I mean, you know? when I was about 16, I mean, what got me into hip hop, period, was a grand wizard theodore tape Ooh. i heard a grand wizard theodore tape i mean i was in high school and i and me and dj polo was in the same school back in the day DJ now, polo. now we sitting there for those of you who don't know that's dj polo from Kuji rap and polo back again anyway but um we were sitting in in our lunchroom and you know and our lunchroom was 
you know, we used to go to 600 school. Let me just put that on the line. <laughs> That's like the bad boy schools in the United States. We got kicked out of every school possible. So we had to go to 600 schools. Junior jail, basically. Now, a dude named Calvin, I remember his name. He was from the Bronx. He came through with his big box blasting in the lunchroom playing Dance to the Drummer's Beat with somebody rhyming. And somebody was saying, freak, out, out, out. And it was like, a, it was like, yo, we looked at each other like, what the fuck is that? Because I was already a DJ, but I was more into, how can I say it? At the time, it was more disco-y. Sure. You know what I mean? So when I heard this hip-hop guy walk by with the box, he's looking so cool with a little line behind him. He's coming through with a box on his shoulder. In the lunchroom, playing Dance to the Drummer's Beat, a breakout tape with somebody rhyming with an echo. That changed my life. Yo, shout out to Calvin. Yeah, shout Word. out to Calvin. Shout out to Calvin. Calvin. I don't know what Calvin, Calvin happened to Calvin. Calvin. Calvin ain't, he ain't making it out of Queensbridge. Calvin, for real. <laughs> Yo, I don't know, but he was from the Bronx, though. He was from the Bronx. Okay. And um, he had one of those Bronx tapes, and that changed my life. I don't, I, I don't know whatever happened to Calvin. Watch him be here in Japan and shit. <laughs> Y'all at the same school with your daughters and shit. Like, hey, man. Word. I hope you made it out, Calvin. Yeah, hope shout out to Calvin, yeah, brother. Man. Yeah. But that was it. That, I could say my favorite MC, my favorite MC was whoever was rhyming on that breakout tape mm. back in the day. And he wasn't saying much. All he was saying, freak in, 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 freak out, 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 freak in, but you don't break out, out. And he was just saying that to the beat. Yeah. We looked at each other like, yo, I went home and formed a DJ crew, a MC crew that very week. Wow. Sure shot crew. First wow. crew. And here we are. You Another know, way. it's kind of crazy to think about that because, you know, he's just, it's just a rap with no lyrical miracle right. conscious rap shit. But that's echo. what a lot of kids is doing these days. Right. Like that's. So that was 16. Yeah. About was, that age. I was about 16. Okay, cool. And it was just echo. It was like, the, because I heard the echo chamber. Back in the day, those early hip-hop tapes. That's why I changed rap. I mean, we, we could speed up a little because that's, that's right. why I changed rap. Because I fell in love with that that breakbeat over an echo and scratching. Then when rap records came out, let me, let me make this clear. I was one of the people who thought rap wasn't going to last in the mm. beginning. Because it was trash. Controversial. Yo, the first the first song to ever come out was like a fucking band playing the beat. It right. lost a lot of flavor. Sylvia Robinson was right. not even of the culture. The right. lyrics were bitten. Right. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I thought it wasn't going nowhere because I fell in love with the rawness of it. When the records came out, it was so watered down and corny. I was like, come on. This is this ain't this is not going anywhere. This is weak. And then I was anti-rap. How you like that? Wow. I was I was playing how I was playing disco. I was like, yo, I'm anti-rap right now. And then I'm, you know, I was I was learning how to blend. Then I met Mr. Magic and had to play that garbage. Hmm. But in the back of my mind, I was saying, yo, I gotta change this. This can't stay like this. It's not going to go anywhere. Hmm. That's when I started bringing what I loved, what made me fall in love with hip hop was the breakbeat, the echo, and the DJ scratch. Mm. That's what I brought to all my records. 
That's mm. how I beat everybody down because right. I brought the real elements. That's right. You fucking heard it here first. <laughs> Yo, fuck. Pay attention. Now, this is special what for you talking about? I didn't even yeah. say that on Drink Champs. Hello. You know what I mean? Hello. Nah. <laughs> Yo, Yo shoot talk, those shots, man. man. For real. Like, I don't even want to sugarcoat it. There's a universe where you started making techno or house or some other music genre. Hip hop doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Like what you did, you created that whole archetype of that framework that you created. It was what became the second golden, the first golden era, the second golden era of hip hop. All the old shit that they be calling us old heads for, the boom bap shit, that's all off of your back. Yeah, no doubt. Yo. Yo, shout out to you. I could admit it. You know what I mean? Why you sitting right here? You know what I mean? So my, my my first, I have two really, really prominent rap music. Uh, one is like rap slash disco, and one is pure rap music. One is M-Tang. M-Tang, Tang, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my uncle, my uncle who's a bad, bad, bad boy, <laughs> actually he used to run with the original 50 Cent. <laughs> so my uncle, that's not all day, real bad boy. He came home, he used to always come home with tapes. And one day he was playing Umtang and it mm. stuck in my head. Like it was, it's burnt mm. into my psyche. Mm. And then the next thing, the next tape he came home with was Roxanne, Roxanne. Mm. Oh, oh Lord. Man, Roxanne, Rock. And forever, that was my favorite rap song. Wow. Because something about the them and then i heard roxanne the texture of her voice right. when she rhymed too and it's just like it just seared into my memory forever hearing mm. them diss roxanne and then later hearing roxanne's reply to that it's just like seared into my psyche forever wow so this dude had a lot to do with that might my, not be a brooklyn terry you know yeah, man, fucking, wow. look well i, I call him the, the dances man i say he's the kingmaker Right, and I say he's a Quincy Jones of rap. Wow, so I that, like that. That is that's real for me. Like Quincy Jones is the motherfucking man for right. real. So that's a big thing for me, right? And a kingmaker. Even though people look at the kings, people don't often look at the kingmaker. So mm. the kingmaker sits quietly in the back, and while everybody looks at the king, mm. right? Mm. But the kingmaker may be the most important person, indeed, unspoken mm. in that room. Indeed. So he's made so many kings so many. and queens, and not not just by his direct like yo come to the crib let's lay this down like but Kane that ripple effect biz but mm-hmm. the ripple effect mm-hmm. created like no mm-hmm. Jay Z Jay Z is sitting on the top of the world right Tell now him about it. and mm. part of the reason is because of the things that he laid down the fuck yep. no no Kane no Jay right true. True. No Marley, I'm telling you, no game. In some in some universe, when you decided what like you was sitting at, what is it? Unique Studios. Yep. You just sitting around decide to sample. Yeah. In some universe, you didn't give a shit, right. and then all of a sudden, you know, we're, like I don't even know what the musical climate Rock sounds Kim like right now. is still playing. What you say? The, the sax? saxophone. Yeah. He's just you know playing the saxophone yeah. instead. It would be crazy. You know? Rock can probably still be playing the sax. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, there would have been no sure, Eric man. B to bring him to me. Right. Wow. Not to say that he wouldn't have made it. But the, he wouldn't have had my melody. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have had Eric B's president. Uh, if 
if if uh, Mr. Magic wasn't chilling with you in the studio and then go ahead and diss uh, KRS, make right. KRS. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. If he ain't say the shit, is, I mean, you, you, you're right there for the, all that. We put the fuel in the in Yeah, the pack. you put the battery in his yeah, back and go. he was like, yo, there's no way that my heroes are about to do this to us. Right. Like, Fuck that. You know the what bridge I mean? is over. Right. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Bronx. That's not Bronx, nigga. Sometimes it got to be like that. You know? That's crazy. That's amazing. All right. So can I ask you a question about the term hip-hop yeah uh when i was in university busy b came and talked actually krs1 was there too they were there together Mm -hmm. and busy b said the name hip-hop came from uh i guess somebody came back from the army like a boot camp or something Mm. and they were making fun of the way he walked they were like oh you walk like this you look like you know hip-hop hip-hop and that's Mm. where the name came from Mm. like how how much truth is there to that to that story? I, I couldn't tell you. That's like a pioneer issue because I, I always tell everybody I'm not a pioneer. Don't put me with the pioneers. I'm, I'm you know, I was after them. They mm-hmm. laid out the, the groundwork. I fell in love with what the pioneers were doing, what made me do what I was doing. So I couldn't. I couldn't even answer that because I wasn't even there to answer that. But there's a lot of there's a lot of things in hip-hop that are like that that where you have to kind of acquiesce to the people who were there because right. if you ask even the oldest b-boys where does the what does the b and b-boy stand for right. a lot of them have a different thing to say about it break boy bronx, bronx boy right. beat boy right. and like the one that Googie makes a sense boy. to me is like beat boy because it, it, no matter no matter how many times you break down break boy break boy it never becomes b-boy but if you say beat boy beat boy b-boy mm-hmm. but, but who knows dancing but, no beats though you're right yeah. but dancing speaking to beats. the twins the the nigga twins the end twins we call them now. I actually like their the name twins. a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but right now it's not put in this yeah, climate. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to hear some yeah. folks calling that. You know what I mean? Right. So speaking to the I don't want to hear no white boys. <laughs> right, right. We definitely talking about them. Yeah. That's real talk. No disrespect. And it used but, to be the hard er on it too, yeah. not an a. So, so yeah. speaking to the twins, they they said that it's it's break boy. Break boy. Gotcha. Okay. Because. Uh, the breaks, right? One, because the brakes came on. Mm-hmm. Two, because they would break. They would mm-hmm. go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So it came from that vernacular. Sure. Break, I cut short to be. Mm. And there you go. Yeah. Break. I mean, I've heard of I've heard of a lot of people who are like supposedly around. There's a whole book called uh, The Foundation by Joseph Sloss where he does this ethnographic approach into studying hip-hop culture and even beat culture. You're mentioned in that book, by the way, okay. the Making Beats book, but... It seems like even the oldest heads, they're going to argue about this to yeah, some yeah. degree. Right. Because people don't research themselves yeah. and it's a community right. doing this. Uh, Wait, I, got, I have a question for Molly. Oh, temperature's a quick question. I got a question for Molly. Hold on. So, what brought you into house music, Big um, Molly Ball? The funny thing, I was doing disco and house before. I mean, before it was yeah. even house music. I was doing disco. club music. Yeah. So I was, I was a club DJ. I used to play at a place called Pegasus in New York. And, you know, I was like 15 years old. Um, blending. That's why I brought blending to hip-hop. You know, everybody was scratching and going back and forth and DJing with their elbows, face, and neck. <laughs> but you know, Shout out to Rock Raider and shit. <laughs> Shout out to Rock Raider. Yeah, everybody was rocking like that. Mm-hmm. But I was like a, I was a club DJ. I was a real solidified club DJ in, in, in a... In a upper echelon black club, That's Pegasus back in the day. It do sound upper echelon. Yeah. And shit. <laughs> <laughs> we was talking about mythical, mythical. creatures and shit. Like, <laughs> Pegasus. So, so I was, yeah, I was, I was DJing there. So I was already into it. 
you know, um, I was already starting to produce those type of songs. That gave me the edge over everybody in hip hop because I was already dealing with Arthur Baker already. I was an intern at Unique Studios and the biggest records in music came from that studio. And I watched them make A-E-I-O-U and I've seen them sit there and play A-A-A-A-A-B, you know. So those was all samples. And they used to put all type of vocals in a sample at first. What what they have them like a Sinclavier or something? Or? Um, Sinclavier, yes, that was the most expensive. That was a hundred thousand dollars back then. It was a hundred thousand dollars. I'm just sampler. trying to go back to that era. What was the sampler up in the studio then? Coming that from was, just they from, had from a, a nerd perspective. They had a Sinclavier. <laughs> then they had uh, it was a, a EMU. It was actually, a, you know, the SP twelve hundred yeah, came. They, they had an EMU. They had the keyboard. Key, the keyboard. What was the, that? The uh, what was that? Uh, it was a, a, I'm drawing a blank right now. I know right, it, it was. I know what you're talking about. That's, yeah. that's how. That's how I started off of that. The emulator, right? Emulator. It's called the emulator. hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah. I was. I was sampling in the emulator and threw that snare on the other beat from a Lindrum and said, "Turn that Lindrum shit down. Let me put that James Brown." <laughs> there you go. There you go. Nice. Thank you for doing that. No doubt. Nice. No doubt. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned our guy D Dallinger uh, at the beginning of the podcast, but he's always here. He's kind of our engineer guy that helps out a lot of times. Gotcha. And also a phenomenal beat maker and a student of the culture. So thanks for that insightful question. Yes. Shit, yes. I had no so idea. Yo, yeah, emulator, emulator was the, one of the Word. first. That was the cheaper sampler. But the, um, the other wow. one, Sinclavia, was, like, was $100,000. Right, right, right. That's what um, Michael Jackson used on PYT. Yeah. Uh, I touched one once in my life. I Actually, uh, about probably about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I did some work with Thomas Dolby. Mm. And he had one. Like, wow. This was Dolby this was Dolby. Dolby? No, no, Thomas, Thomas Dolby. Dolby. Oh, uh, he's a producer. He was, yeah. he named himself after <laughs> Dolby Labs, but yeah, right. okay, yeah. Okay, but okay. he was a pretty big synth pop dude in the early '80s. But uh, yeah, he had he still had his Sinclavier wow. in the back shed wow. out in Half Moon Bay. I was like, whoa. I finally get to touch one. <laughs> and guess what? The Sinclavier was about 24 bit. That's like now. Yeah, wow. yeah. So Clavier was twenty four bit. The emulator was twelve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get what but, I'm saying? But, but that but that was conducive to the sound that was right. that you know. So right. thank you, emulator. Well, the Sinclavier <laughs> was like twenty four bit. For those who don't know, that was like way better than CD quality in the in the eighties. If you know wow. what I mean, that was they was way before everybody. That's why it was so expensive. And it was a cheaper version came out called the emulator from EMU. Mm. It's about twelve bit because the twelve hundred was twelve bit. That's why my all my beats are so hashy and dirty from back okay. in the day because nice. rhyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So warm. Right, yeah. For real. But that was the bit, the bit yeah. rate. Yeah. It was twelve Word. bit. Sound crunchy, like yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 The SP twelve hundred? Yeah, SP twelve hundred. What is that? Like five sample banks of two seconds each or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Can I yeah. can I be really corny? Please. My, my first sampler, right? Because I'm a little bit younger this than this brother. I was watching um Cosby show and funny funny enough Questlove has the same exact story oh what I was watching the Cosby show <laughs> sorry Bill <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching He's the Cosby right show Rest and in peace. it was the um <laughs> funny <laughs> so, <laughs> facts last break right. so it was the <laughs> it was the episode with Stevie Wonder mm. and Stevie Wonder was playing I don't know which keyboard it was a sampling keyboard and I it blew my mind mm. and it was like baby 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 it blew my mind so I begged my mother please I, I need that keyboard I need that 
So she went to Consumers, which is the name of this, like, like now it would be an online store, but it was a catalog store where you could order and then go pick it up. Mm. She got it from Consumers, and it was an, uh, it was a Casio SP. Wow. I forgot what the SP assembly SP. It, wow. but it's anyway, probably SK. It's yeah. SK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got one in my house right now. <laughs> that shit. Uh, Yo, I went back home on vacation about a year or two ago, and my mother found one brand new in the cardboard box still at a garage sale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I'll show you a picture. See if it's the same one. Hold on. It, it was like wow. it's about it's about maybe sixteen inches long. Mm. I think it's the same one. Yeah. And wow. I could SK eight. Maybe. Maybe. Mine was uh, a Boss uh, Dr. Sampler fucking SP202. Wow. And guess what mine was? Mine was a Boss. It was a Boss sampler, but it was for guitar players. It was a it was a pedal. A loop pedal. Yeah, a loop pedal. Oh, shit. That's how I first started sampling because I had a trigger was input it, on was it. Was it SK1? That one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I got it in the cardboard box still. Wow. <laughs> Brooklyn mine, Terry wants was... to purchase that off of you to live, relive Thank his childhood. You, Japan. But, that, uh, but that's how cheap my first sampler yeah. was. It was it was a pedal Yeah. for for guitar player. It was a loop delay. pedal. Like yeah. a delay. Yeah, it was, delay. there you go. It was the delay or sampler, but it was a pedal, and, but it had a trigger input. Okay. Since I was a trigger head dealing with unique studios, I would see them trigger, and that was it. My first sampler was it was a pedal. Hmm. Wow. It wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't a sixteen it wasn't a nineteen inch device. It was a guitar pedal. Hey Hello. man, that's how we do in hip hop culture. From nothing, we create. Molly Scratch was made from a, a pedal. Wow, that's crazy. two of them. You heard it here, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we got all the information. Yo, man. Boss, yeah, you guitar know what I mean? pedal. That's Sheesh. funny. Yo, let me, let me, uh, let me see. Uh, actually, let's let's go right into the conversation and then save all these temperature check questions for the end of the podcast. So we're talking about your influences by house music and into that genre. And I've heard you say before that you were very interested in that music a little bit more than hip hop at one point. Right. I wanted to talk to you and Terry about this because. It's, it's what I consider, and, and some hip-hop scholars consider, the transitional years of hip-hop. Mm. It was after the golden era of, you know, up to 88, beginning of 89, when a lot of house music started to incorporate raps into their music. Mm. And these songs started to become the more popular songs in hip the house. culture. Hip-house, mm. right? right? So you had, like, later you would get, like, CNC Music Factory and a lot of these songs that were, like, Rico Suave type of Girl, joints. House you, you know? Include them. During... during but during this era, you know, like uh, dance culture was still like b-boy culture was kind of dying out and kind of the house uh, more hip hop choreography style was popular. We saw it on in Living Color right. when they were doing routines. We saw it on uh, Deaf Comedy Jam mm. uh, when they were doing routines. What was your what were your thoughts during that period? As, since both of you are interested in house, because a lot of hip hop heads were trying to make the distinction between hip hop and house and separating from those two cultures that were kind of thriving together. What do you, I mean, whoever wants to go first, I, I I'd love to hear your perspective. I mean, I was open to it because I re, I re, I was always a househead. I just gotta let you know from the from the from the rooter to the tutor to to to, to today, I was always a househead. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? I, I love my hip hop. I made a lot of money off of hip hop. I, I mean, opened a lot of careers, but I was always a, a undercover househead. Anyway, that's why kind of like maybe why my hip hop was a little different from a, a lot of people because I would bring that 
energy of dance. Is that where the mm. speed came from? Yeah, that's where. Yeah, that's where my tempos came from. That's why I came with speeding so fast. Yeah. Because I was I was a househead, bro. That's that's hundred percent. I still go to house clubs mm. to this day. I might go to one tonight. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. still a househead. Let's I love my hip hop. I love my hip hop to death. And you know, I'm glad that we was able to make a lot of history. But on the low, I was always into mm. my house music, man. And for me, um, well, I, I say like Frankie Knuckles said, "House is disco's revenge," mm. right? Mm-hmm. So people used to like. There's a lot of people, even old old school cats, who, who still try to diss disco. Mm. But disco was fucking dope mm-hmm. there is no way around it disco was amazing music because it was danceable r&b music so if you don't like disco that means you don't like r&b, R&B. Yeah. i was right. i was yeah. from that chuck d camp because yeah. i never dug disco yeah but yeah. chuck mm-hmm. likes disco because but I, was, I can yeah. play some disco songs and he'll lose his mind you know and so it, disco was put into that box that european box with like abba and all of that stuff mm. and that's why people stop to like it which is going on right now with hip-hop with mm. rap music you know yeah. it's being stuck into this like really corny box but the reason i went to the houseway because i got tired of going to clubs when i was younger and worrying about if i was gonna make it home alive mm. Word. So Ridiculous so point. You go to the tunnel and like, get shot up and shit yeah, yeah. I go to home base and like I go to um, Kilimanjaro, Kilimanjaro, mm. and like that. You know, house is my respite. House with yeah. There's a lot of gay men in the house club, but mm-hmm. guess what? They not trying to kill me. Yeah, right. and there's a lot of really beautiful straight women there who are lonely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the, the reason I found it the reason I found it interesting with Marley is because he was dealing with cats who are, you know, righteous. I mean, if you making tracks with Cool G rap, that's like the hardest edge possible. Mm-hmm. And the hip hop house shit was kind of like is, a lot of those dudes low key were in the house clubs. Yeah. You walk into a house club, you walk into Nell's on a house night and you will see Onyx. Right. Damn. They know the ladies is there, oh, okay. yeah. and they know that the the guys that's there ain't going at those ladies. You got more of, a, yeah. yeah. And, and, more and of to be game. honest, you know what, man? <laughs> you know, good music is good music across the board. Across the board, if it if it hits you and you feel it, mm-hmm. I don't care if somebody's rapping over it, someone's mm-hmm. rhyming over it, or if there's a lady belting out all of these gospel riffs over it. Good yeah. music is good Period. music. Is this is this club era like? Before Tunnel, but like after Paradise Garage? Well, the Tunnel, or Paradise Ooh. Garage. Tunnel I'm was too a little young, later. My, that's my sister's era. That's actually his era. Um, I mean, I went to Paradise Garage. Garage one time. It was a, 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 a Bob Lee brought me to a Frankie Crocker party. And it was, it, it was the, it, you know, this is my first time. And I was like about 15 years old. I, I, I was not prepared for what I seen that night. <laughs> that's why he's like yo i'm not introducing my daughter to no music <laughs> i was Nothing. not prepared they had like what did they have like a they had a juice bowl with 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 some Acid. spike punch in it Acid. and Acid. and the music was ridiculous the sound system that's what got me into into the club music more than the hip-hop first because the systems the sound system yes, used sir. to be incredible it's this man richard long 
Yes, sir. Who did Studio 54 Sound System, Paradise Garage, Garage. The, the, loft. Know, the Loft. Um, what did he do? What's that 14th Street um, Palladium? Yeah. Mm. He did like all of the biggest sound the biggest clubs that you that never going away in nobody's memory he did the sound system for them so what got me into it i gotta i have to admit it's the sound systems but the way those records used to sound coming from those walls of walls of sound was ridiculous no hip-hop club ever was like that (laughs) and ever and you know for like i remember i remember pre-marley and i remember marley so if you listen to pre-Marley <laughs> hip-hop and then Marley era hip-hop, the sound quality is totally different. Mm. A lot of the reason that I fell in love with house music is because when you go to the club, mm. the quality yes. of the sound is just ridiculous. Yeah. Which is why when you listen to Marley's music, when you hear his drums... It's just like, oh, oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And when he talked about they used his drums, like he, he spoke about it on, on Drink Champs, about them using his drums for the bridges over, mm-hmm. I was like, I get it now. Mm-hmm. That's why that shit sounds so good. That's yeah. why it was so yeah. hot. Yeah. yeah. I get it because the sound Nobody quality, was on that wave yet. And nobody was on that wave yet. But when you go to a house, man, you go to the right house club right. and you hear those systems and you hear the quality of the sound that they are programming and then tweaking their shit with before they pressed it right it's ridiculous and again, let me tell you something too about it. most of those house records back in the day though the disco records when you play them against the records of today Work. they suck hmm. quality wise but for some reason the sound systems back then were so good that those records were phenomenal hmm. but if you play them against virtual instruments like we have now yeah 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 they they sound crappy, yeah. But for some reason, they was able to make those clubs sound ridiculous Word. with those crappy sounding records. That they, you know they don't stand up to the sound of the records today. Hmm. Okay, shit. It's real talk. Well, I, yeah, I appreciate the insight, man. Let, yeah. Let's let's rewind back just a little bit to we, we were just talking about them taking your drums and everything. Who was the first person after you that you recall taking your same approach to sampling? Who is number two? Number two, I, I would say uh, a guy named Pete Rock. I've heard of him. Yeah, a guy named Pete Rock. <laughs> you ever heard of Pete Rock? Yeah. <laughs> his, his full name is like Peter Rock or something. <laughs> Peter Phillips. Oh, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Peter yeah. Phillips. Oh, he was. This, I didn't. I didn't realize that he was that close, like in proximity to to being the second to sample. Oh yeah, I would. I would. I would say he because you know I would you know it goes it goes. Molly Mall, I, I put it like this: Molly Mall, and who changed it crazy? I think it would be a Pete Rock. Uh, of course, you know, I, you know. Then it has to be Premier. You know what I'm saying? I, I give, I give my man Large Pro an honorable mention because he was always Shout dope. Shout out to LP, yeah. man. Yeah, he was dope with it. You get what I'm saying? And, and another person I give an honorable mention to was um, who's the engineer that did Super Lover C's records? Paul C. He gets it too. Okay. He, you know, he he took what I did and cleaned it up a little. 
He maybe had more money and had better equipment because I was in the house on some twelve bit shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, but you I, were still in Queensbridge at right. the time, like a hundred dollar apartment. Right, right, a hundred dollars a month apartment, making two hundred thousand dollars a year. Go figure. That was a flex. <laughs> what, <what's> the, <laughs> Go oh, figure. Straight up and down. What was but, the guy's um, name? Bob Powers. Um, Bob Powers was nice. That was kind of later on with um, he was an engineer with Q-Tip in them. Right. Mm. He was nice. Q-Tip, yo, Q-Tip even. I can't even front on Q-Tip. Q-Tip is one of the biggest underrated ghost producers in the game. Yeah. Yeah, King of the Needle Drop, as right. Mark DeClavelo put it a couple yeah. couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, he has an... an he was dope. I mean, Prince Paul, also yeah, Prince incredible. Prince Paul, he gets, he gets, yeah, he gets yeah. a, a mention, All too. those cats. Yeah, they, cause they, because they took what they saw me do and brought it to the next level. You get what I'm saying? All the way up to Puffy in the 90s when he killed sampling. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Puffy oh, killing sampling. <laughs> I actually, I think I've talked about this with you before, yeah, Terry, because, yeah. you know, this is the area I come from. Let, can, let me, let me, let's rewind back just, just a second before we go back. I, I want to get to Puffy. Uh, Lay, do you have any more questions about the 80s? Yeah. Uh, yo, I'll save it for later. If, if we're saying in the 80s... I, and, and again, coming from the kind of, uh, I guess, gear nerd, geek perspective, man. Uh, yo, that's one thing I've always realized about you is, and I think Terry mentioned it a minute ago, maybe before we started the podcast, you were maybe one of the first cats that had our setup at home. What was that like, man? And can you tell us just a little bit about, like, what it was like like scraping that stuff up and like once you had it and like hmm. what it felt like and maybe what did you have then and reading the instruction manual it was, and shit. you know it's so I, I, weird. I don't need to know all the detail but just a little overview well, you know? what happened with me see i was a dj first yeah and you know it all started for me to get in production because the band guys in my neighborhood plugged into my system in the park one day okay so they started coming around now that made me have to get my equipment up for these guys before I had the biggest sound system, I had like Serwin Vegas, big speakers, tweeters right. hanging from trees and all of that stuff for, for clubbing and, you know, for good sound. Now I have to get a mixing board. Yeah. So your, your first kind of uh, inspiration for recording was actually like musicians. Yeah. Okay. Musicians hanging up, coming to my house okay. after I let them plug in. Like bass players, guitar yeah. players, that kind of thing. 100% oh, coming right. to the crib, keyboard players. Now I'm playing music and they playing along in my house with me. And I'm realizing I could make remixes this way. Hey, you play this and I'm going to record it. You know, I could use that for Mr. Magic Show, something special. Right. And that's how I got the bug to even start producing because the musician cats from Queensbridge used to come to my house and just start jamming with me while I was DJing. And, right. I, and I had to make them sound good as I sound. So, so I had to get a mixing board to realize how to EQ these, these guitar players, these lead guitar players, the bass guitar player, the keyboard player. I had to yeah. really figure out how to make them sound pristine coming through my system. So uh, how long from the time that you basically had kind of a, a setup at home to the point that you're recording paid in full up in your in your spot, man? Um, <laughs> it was like the very next week because... If it wasn't for the very the next year, year yo. <laughs> yo. yo, why are there so many of these stories? Of like, yo, we did the photo shoot and then we went right back to the studio and made the symphony. Like, yeah. it's so immediate. With this. Right. Like, you're like, I was expecting like, yeah, probably about nine months, but no, nine minutes. It was, it was like very. It was pretty pretty much the next week because after I started 
they started coming to my house. I started recording. Then I started realizing that this is what I want to do. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm looking for rappers because now I'm not a you know. And the greatest thing that could ever happen to my career was the the in, the the musician guys brought me to the real recording studio with them one time. Okay. My first time I ever went to the recording studio was with a guy named Andre Booth. Um, he lived in Queensbridge. He made a song back in the day called This Beat Is Mine. Yeah. He's, he's from my neighborhood. <laughs> right. Do what you want to do. Right. So he took me to the studio. Now he's playing the bass line on Jazzy Sensation with, for, um, for, um, it was Africa Bambada. And then they had a record called Jazzy Sensation where they was re- redoing Funky Sensation. And he, they hired him to be the musician to replay everything. So he brought me with him. And I'm looking at everything go down. I'm at Unique. I'm like, can I intern here? And they was like, yeah, come come mm. tomorrow. You know. Nice. Now instead of, you know, me being on the boards, I'm running and get everybody coffee for the first few weeks. I don't care because sure. now I'm seeing you guys make records. Yeah. Now I'm getting a better insight. I was making a little money then, so everything I seen you guys do, I would go buy the same thing. Oh, I'm gonna go buy a little so and so. I'm gonna oh, they have a drum machine. Oh, I'm gonna buy an 808. Because Arthur Baker was using the 808. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yo, that's um, perfect. Because I wanted to ask more about Arthur Baker. Yeah. Like, how 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 was your internship? Like, I know you you just said you started out, you know. Doing, I was the coffee, coffee guy first. I was the coffee guy. Yeah. I didn't care, though. You know, I was one of those guys, like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait it out. I'm going to get in. I'm going to see how you guys make these records, you know, because I'm going to make them, too. So I was the guy running to get the coffee, going to get anything. And it was so lucky because that that studio was ahead of everybody technically wise, technology wise. Sure. They had they had the um the, the emulator. emulator and they had the Synclavia mm-hmm. back. They had all of that. Yeah. So I was able to see it actually at work. Right. So, so everything I would see them do, I would go home and replicate that day. If I if I can pry just a little bit, because like you know, I started trying to assemble my thing in my house like like ninety five or ninety six. But right. you're doing this ten years before that at least. What what was like your what did you have like a four track recorder like reel to reel like hmm. is that was your was that Molly you... Scratch was made from a four track cassette, a TAC four track cassette okay, player. Okay. But I was already putting samples into it, so it sounded big. That's how I was tape, beating them because tape. yeah, I was I was putting kicks and snares of my own. I was sampling kicks and snares, putting them in there, so it sounded sure. way big better than everything anyway. Cool, cool. And that's how I was beating them. My first song was a, a, a I borrowed my friend's four track cassette, made Molly scratch, <laughs> gave him back the four track cassette. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I, I I got a four track reel. Eric B is president in my melody. Make the music, the bridge. All of those was made on a four-track reel. Yo, man, all of cool. this equipment right on, and these rooms should be like yeah, hanging this up. This should be in the like Smithsonian, man. This should be yeah. for real. Smithsonian Museum this is for African American. I'm thinking oh, no about doubt. putting a pop-up. Yeah, no I'm going to do a pop-up hip-hop international museum in Tokyo. But I need that. I need. I'm, 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 I'm in the talks with some people about possibly doing it because especially with the olympics coming around yeah yeah for real it would be great hey man let us know oh, all right. thank let you man know. 
I appreciate that. Yo, yeah. so I went to the Smithsonian Museum for African American Culture and History. Nice. When I was uh, last time I was in, I went back home, and I'm flipping through. Like they have on the top floor because you go from C2, which is the basement, something right. like two stories down, all the way up to the top floor. And the top floor is music. And I'm, they have this room that looks like a record store, which I, I already think is dope that they have this room that looks like a record store. So when I first walked in, I got goosebumps because I'm looking on the wall, not at people that I know of, but the people that I know. Mm. And that's that's a that's a really like when you walk through a museum, you see people that you know. Wow. Because I just worked with Sway, and Sway was on the television when I walked into that room. I was like, oh shit. So then I'm. That was a flex. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was a mini flex. That was a yeah. mini flex. So I'm thumbing through all of like what they're not real records, but they're just record covers. Right. And like it feels like for the entire first section through the hip hop category, everything was yours. Wow. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have me there. They didn't have. Actually, no. There, there's pictures of you and stuff like that. Okay. You, you, ha- you have to go, man. Right, to go. I want to. Now you got me. Yeah, yeah. Now you got cry. me. That's my next stop. You're going to cry. That's I'm my next you. stop. I've seen something about that book. Go ahead. Keep it, like, I'm thumbing through it, and it's just like all of this, the impact. Like, when you get to hip-hop, the first impact, the crater, like, he didn't have a, he made a crater. Wow. Yeah. Because there's so much stuff that isn't influenced by him, but him. Mm. Right, and it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it absolutely is. There really is a line there in hip hop culture where it's like, there's all of this beforehand. You know, the the forefathers and and the yeah. block parties and everything, and the b boys, and then there's you, and then everything changes after that. And I mean, a couple people have done that in hip hop culture, but to the degree that you did, if you hadn't done it, maybe it wouldn't even be around today. And another thing, like about the hip hop dance side. Wow. Like post b boy hip hop dance side, what was going on <clears throat> in clubs like Latin Quarter? What was mm-hmm. going on? Like I'm a little bit young, but other members of my crew who are a few years older than me went to Latin Quarters. Right. And almost everything that they built the dances to was your shit. Yep. When I started break dancing, like we would we would fucking dance to your tracks, Big Daddy Kane joints. That shit's no crazy. Yeah. Hey, the crazy. DMC, in the earlier parts of the DMC, they used to cut up my songs yeah. for some yeah. reason. I used to see that. Like, all, they used to grab all my songs and do all these DMC remixes and chopping up, and, and that's how turntablism yeah. really got here because <clears throat> my grooves were a little deeper than everybody's. Man. So he was able to do special tricks with mine. I always Word. made it like that. Yeah, Yo, I mean, I, I, w- I would... Thank you. I, w- I just shoot the shots, man. I, I, I want more people to give you more respect. I feel like you need that. And and I, I do want to talk about that a little bit more and, and your the Roxanne uh, Shanti uh, Netflix video and everything. But right. if I could just rewind back before we start talking about Puffy fucking up sampling. Um, <laughs> hit that backspin. Hit the backspin really quick. So um, one of... One of one of your students, a person who you had under your tutelage, um, KDEF, nice. phenomenal producer, nice. just crazy and instrumental and in creating so many dope tracks. One in particular that I think everybody knows is Chief Rocca. Yes. He has a very distinct style and is yes. very rich and lush, and it comes 
from working with you and he he gives you all the praise for that he told me that after he heard and he was getting these albums before both of y'all was getting these albums before he said after he heard gin and juice Mm. he looked to you and he said sampling is over because mm-hmm. he was hearing the samples and also the samples in note yes. in the right key and yes. everything yes. and he said regular sampling is over this type of musicianship and th- this change is like it's never going to be the same we've got to do better we've got to do different what were your thoughts on or in fact to go on a little bit more the chronic was like um the sonic yes like the sonic template sonic like the, yeah everybody yeah. wanted to have that sound quality at the time right which is a west coast thing as well yes. it's different than the east coast what were your thoughts on that that statement that he made to you and also the music itself that era well i kind of knew that you know it was going to be a change when it came to us sampling because you're right we would sample elements and elements and put them together they were never in key a lot of songs we made, you know, we putting samples together. They're not in key, but it sounded hot, mm-hmm. so we went with it anyway. So by the time I would say that that Dre cleaned up hip hop, made it clean. I mean, Re- I, replaying samples, replaying them. I kind of, I, I kind of agree with him because I already knew that's in the beginning when virtuals was starting to come, virtual instruments, mm-hmm. and virtual instruments were way cleaner than samples. And I, I always I always said, and we both agreed, me and K-Def, that once virtuals came, sampling would be over. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. Because virtual instruments were digital instruments. They were digital samples. We were finding dusty record samples to sample off the record. So uh, 100%, when I first heard him say that, I agreed with it because I knew it was going to change because virtuals are so, 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 so clean. Right. And now you could put things in key as opposed to putting three different samples from three different songs on a record that's not in key, but it groove wise, it felt good. But, you know, I I, I knew that it was going to change like that for sure. I guess also around that time, people started getting to like, I mean, De La Soul had already got knocked for the sample problems. People were getting picked right. up for, for sampling, and it was hard to clear samples. So replaying them kind of played a role in continuing the usage of hip-hop right. samples right. before Puffy eventually ruined everything for everybody. <laughs> Let's get right back into that shit. Now, I want to hear that shots, man. Like, I don't know if there's anything else to be left to say about you know what we are just talking about, but I definitely would like to hear your thoughts on... Uh, the post-Telecommunications Act uh, of 97, where things started to change. And I've talked to Terry about this, too. He felt like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you felt like this was a time where people could finally start really making money. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on that divide? You know, around the time it was written, came out, um, you know, hip-hop kind of went two directions. It went De La Soul, you know, Stakes is high direction and underground to sound bombing, lyrical, uh, you know, uh, lyricist lounge and all of these things. It went hella underground and then the rest went to No Limit, to the Jiggy era, to Snap Music in that direction. Well, what were your thoughts that was then? the opening up of hip hop because it was more than just a, a, a street culture thing. You know, that's when, you know, you got to look at Prince Paul kind of opened up another door for, for the music. You got to look. He took, you know, happy samples. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, dead ass though. Yeah, straight he up. Took, he like took Sesame ha- Street right. type of shit. He yeah. took happy stuff and started sampling it, and you know that opened up a lane for that because you got to look at hip hop will always be different lanes. It's like a highway. You know, it's a slow lane. There's a fast lane and there's a super fast lane and there's a lane for 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 only three people sitting in a car, if you know what I mean. You know, whatever that lane is, they call it out here. I don't know, but hip hop is different lanes. And that's when the hip hop highway opened up. That way that meant there was people who was gonna like happy hip hop, people's gonna like gangster hip hop, people's gonna like underground, people's gonna like um commercial, people's gonna like X rated. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know that opened the door for everything. Were there other types of hip hop before then, or was it just hip hop? It was just no. There was distinctions. I don't, I don't know because in the early part, it was just about rock in the house. Mm-hmm. Well, like it, reality rap, like you know N.W.A. type of. Well, the first reality rap record I could probably say was probably the Message by Melly Mel. Yes, yeah. that was like he he brought it to you like. Broken glass everywhere. It's like it was reality because mm, yeah. that's what that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So he he kind of brought that reality rap to the forefront, but they didn't they didn't keep going with it. That was just one record they made, but they they didn't become a reality rap group. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> like Public right. Enemy. Right, right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? They didn't become that, but they l- laid the foundation for the next people to yeah. come and do it. Also, with that distinction, like the separation, the Telecommunications Act, a lot of the people who were shaping the culture, a lot of the gatekeepers, specifically the DJs who would break new records and new artists on the radio, they lost a lot of control and more of the music industry and the people who were not necessarily a part of the culture but had been shaping the culture to some degree, Uh your Lair Cohen's and all those things, um, they got more power. And so we kind of... At the at the time, the thinking was like, "Yo, this all this mainstream shit is fucking materialistic, and 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 it's the music industry mm. taking the culture from us." And so we wanted to go underground, you know. Like we thought we were saving it. We all thought we were fucking saving it. And we thought we were gonna be able to be independent and make money. And I'm saying we, but I'm talking about you know hip hop culture. Right. So I mean, when Puff Daddy started taking samples and changing that whole like aesthetic and sampling you know 32 measures or whatever like a whole fucking song, <laughs> a whole song what, were, what was sampling like, what instrumental yeah <laughs> yeah we, we i mean we didn't we didn't uh, we loved biggie but then we were kind of like damn like i shouldn't like this mo money mo problems but it's right. so catchy because i love the original track right it's it's like a cheat code it's like the musician the the magician pulls back the the curtain and shows you the trick right it was like yo this is just here for you now right right yeah that, that was that was killer for me because when that was done, um, sampling was worth nothing. It was done. After, after you know, Puffy sampled and he brought sampling and started saying he he discovered the he invented the remix and all of that. It, it, it just got oh, crazy. You, you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. the remix been here. The remix right. been here since disco. Yeah, right. You know, it's like the remix. Since dub plates. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. The, the whole culture is based upon. Right. I might say chopping, chopping up drums is the ultimate remix, right. isn't no it? No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. You know but, I mean? you know, after it was, after that, it was done. It was a done yeah. deal. No Sampling was he, worthless. He devalued it. He, yeah, flooded, he, he flooded the market. 100%. He mm-hmm. devalued he flooded the market. It. He devalued it. So that made a lot of sampling-based producers not worth what they used to be a year or two before he started it. Wow. And yeah, that's the definitely. Truth. 
it definitely turned like uh, the South began to have more prominence, and right. No Limit, then the Hot Boys, and right. then eventually we get into two thousand. made sampling corny. Yeah, it, it didn't. It also didn't help that the music industry started knocking people, and you weren't able to clear samples unless you were a, a very high level, prominent artist. Right. To the point where it's like, Ghostface can't clear samples, but Kanye can, or something like right, that. Right, you know, right. like eventually it gets to the point where we can't do that anymore because all of the artists are hella that have been kind of victimized by the music industry over decades now they're trying to get their money back even when anybody touches it right so but i mean yeah was, i mean i want to hate on puffy but it was i'll tell you it was great for the artist who was getting sampled now yeah because you know i i, I own pub so yeah. I, like i always say you can sample me but don't put it on the flop because <laughs> I ain't trying to be part of that shit. Time yeah, that. you know they put in my shit in Deadpool, yeah. bitch. <laughs> Serena Williams commercial, Chase. You ain't seen it? Right. Yeah, man. I got yeah. some money off that. That's, That's put crazy. my daughter through college. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so that the negative side of Puffy is that indeed the positive. He does have a positive side. Yes, he did change the way people get paid. I can't even front about that. He did change the way people get paid. He, and you I know what he no, did? Well, I, was, I am not a Puffy fan. I've worked with the brother. Not a very easy human being. Right. Yeah. But I can't front. Like, he has his negative side. Yeah, he absolutely, like, shat all over sampling. Yeah. Right. But he did change the way that people get paid. Well, he did. He did. Well, I mean, I'll tell you Master what he did. P did more for paying artist than Puffy did. I don't know, cause don't cause know, did man. he got look? He he, he kind of the first time he got money was with Master P. But he did like he made it. He made he yeah. made it look good. He he, <laughs> he he made it look he, good. He definitely branched it out from yeah. just hip hop music to like right. whole type of different so, approach to things. I think you're talking about like immediate, right? So I'm, what I'm talking about is the opening of the doors, because you can say Master P, but to be honest, without Puff opening that door. It would be hard for Master P to exist as an True. artist, and that's real. Mm. You know, so we call it the Jiggy era, and I think the Jiggy era, what you call the Jiggy era, was just rappers and black folks taking a victory lap, which is something yeah. at that mm. point we deserved. Gotcha. We we were we were um, you know that whole keep it real shit when we saw Bambada on the Sprite commercial, everybody was like, no, Ooh. no, but I mean that's Bambada making money off the of Sprite yeah. commercial. Right. I did. I to be honest with you. Um, I just be hating on Puff, but I, understand. <laughs> I, I, I I got a lot of respect for him, and the same thing for Master P. I no didn't doubt. like the music back then. I didn't right. I didn't care for it, but in retrospect and learning about actually, you know, where how far the we've culture, come. Yeah. Of course, I really appreciate it. Right. And 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 now, you know, shit. Back then, if you had your art, your graffiti art up in a gallery, you were fucking selling out. Right. Now that's the goal. So right. I mean, of course, there's been changes, but that but, was the whole keep it real era type of like, you know. You know, you can't front on no two. You can't front on Hammer. Indeed. Hammer was the, all. Hammer was the yeah. shit. Kid. We sure did, Not though. Oh, I, we did. We, when, we, it was, when it was going down, we was like, no, yeah, no. we did. But when you look back at it now, he was ahead of everybody. Yeah. Oh, he was an entertainer, man. Right. That's what and that, now and the, the whole culture. he treated his people. Right, right. That's why he went broke, because he was, <laughs> yo, Every yeah. he was the Oprah like you, you get a car I mean? you get a car you get a car <laughs> I get air conditioned floors like you know what I mean like, yeah, for but, real but you know he you got to look at it. his his run was crazy yeah. because he 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 did a lot of change into the game too 
Hammer, Hammer brought a lot to the yeah. game. And, you know, you, and the funny thing is, like you said, we were laughing yeah. during the time of it. But you were you were around Heavy D, who was doing something very, very yeah. similar to Rest what Hammer peace. was doing before. Yes. Rest in peace to Heavy D. Yeah, rest in peace. Like, so, I mean... I'm curious. I'm curious how you felt about seeing Hammer at that point, because your relationship with Heavy D, because he kind of was like hella Heavy D. Yeah, you know what I mean with more stage. rap, like you know what I mean. But the 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 dance, the kind of right. styling and shit. Right. So yeah, it was it was kind of close. But Hammer had something different though. He had those pants. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you'd be surprised what yeah. a pair of pants do <laughs> for a career. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, he had them pants and he's yeah. doing the crab walk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and Wacky D is in the house. There, there you Wacky D is in the house. <laughs> oh, big up to my man No Bones. He used to dance for Hammer. Big up wow. No Bones. Yeah. I mean, you were you were involved in a lot of these things too. Your crew was on the uh, the Michael Jackson uh, the Remember the Time video. You're wow. you're in all these things, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't. And in the, the Jiggy era, you baby. were just. I don't mean to talk over you, but in the Jiggy era, you were starting to choreograph and do things with a lot of these artists who yeah. were making money. So you saw it firsthand. Yeah. They put money in your pockets. Exactly. So like the. There's a there's two sides. Like I said, there's a negative side to that era of the music, but there's also the positive side because a lot of us got out of the hood mm. because of that era. Mm-hmm. Me being one, and I'm a dancer, so we're always last. Like last, we get paid after the crew. Mm. Like the person who brings the crackers for craft services, we get paid. I thought after you were saying something else for a minute. The person no. who brings the crackers, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Oh, you gotta pay them. <laughs> we, we get you paid gotta after pay them. that motherfucker. Yeah, so, yeah. But then, like that era, that time brought in something new. You know, okay. So Hammer had Scoob and Scrap. Heavy D had the boys, mm. right? So they were locked into those things. But there was a whole group of other people mm. that were doing the same thing and would be in the same places that couldn't reach that financial place that they did because. And that so-called Jiggy era helped to change that. Mm. Remember, Michael Jackson, remember the time, is part of ushering in what was the beginning. That's 92, right? Right. Yeah, the Dangerous album came out in like 91. So that was like around, yeah. Remember the time was 90. Absolutely. I graduated from high school. I wanted to go. And my mother was was like, mommy, but Michael Jackson. And so he's like like, singing a heavy D verse. Jam, jam. Here comes a man. Hot damn. That's the year I graduated. She was like, I don't care if Jesus Christ was shooting his music video. You're going to graduate from high school. (laughs) (laughs) So she wasn't trying to hear it. So I know that year really clearly. But. Like, because of that era, a lot of people got to... Like, there's always going to be two sides. You know, negative can't live without positive. Positive yeah. can't live could, without negative. Good right. things have side effects. Yeah. Bad things have yeah. benefits. So, mm. you know, Puff is a... Sometimes. But a part of his effect helped a lot of people out. Mm, gotcha. Can't totally hate on the brother. Right. You know what gotcha. I mean? Well, I think you could say that for a lot of people yeah, in the culture. Absolutely. Like, let, speaking of speaking of which, I wanted to talk to you about this this um the term culture vulture, mm. right? The term culture vulture. Now, you as long as you <laughs> you know what I mean. As long as you've been around, you've been around people who were finding ways to get the most money out of hip hop, and a lot of these people's peoples a lot of these people have been around i mean they manage some of your best friends and they've never done any of the art 
What they've always done is the executive side of the culture, and they found ways to make money off of it. And they've been shaping hip hop culture more than people like yourself or people like the music makers because they're the ones with the money pushing things this way and and changing things this way. What do you think about a person like Lear Cohen, who is now running, you know, YouTube's music? And he, you know, he rush management. I think he used to uh, manage Kane right. back in the day. Right. Like what? What if? What if your? Tell me your thoughts on Leonard, uh, Lear Cohen. Like what well, about this? Just one person. Well, with Lear, you got to think about it. It's like he he was there. I met Lear on the Roxanne Shante era. He was like role managing Run DMC. Me and he was still, you know, and Run DMC and Shante was on the tour. I was the DJ course for Shantae um it was about had to be like 80 83 4 ish something like that when everything started kind of popping and I met him and he was just a road manager he used to dress like run DMC so, like in a tracksuit and shit or yeah, like the, the tracksuit the black and with the hat the same thing they wore he would imagine him in that shit, I know I know, but, I, know, yeah. I, know, I, know I know I know it was, it was, pictures? Ridic- yeah. it was ridiculous it was but crazy. that was just him back in the day but I, I would say that when it comes to people like him that ride the industry and don't really add on to the industry you know like not in a po- in a good way like don't innovate anything but ride the industry there's always going to be people like that, you know, and, you know, you got to think about it. You know, when we was at Cold Chillin', it was a Len Fischelberg. He was the Leo for us. You know, you look at Dr. Dre. Jimmy Iovine. Jimmy Iovine is his Leo. You know, Leo was the guy behind Russell, mm. if you know what I mean. So yeah. you're always going to see somebody that's kind of almost like a gatekeeper. I like that. Just say, yeah, hey, just yo. drop. Yeah, the drop was just <laughs> yeah. perfect because sometimes it's God, God knew that was yeah. you know meant to be said. Yeah. You know, sometimes those are gatekeepers that keep people in line. That you know, they just keep people in line. Like they, he kept Russell in line until Russell started messing with Farrakhan and it was out of control. You get what I'm saying? Then then Russell was on his own because yeah. Leo couldn't he couldn't hold the control gate. Him, yeah. He couldn't control the gate no more. So, you know, in the music industry, you always see when there's one powerful person, a black person that's in the music business, there's always some culture vultures sitting around trying to regulate you. Mm, And, you know, and, and, you know, the reason why I would say even with my success, why, you know, a lot of people would say you deserve more in life. You, You should be this. You should be that. They should be doing this. But well, I was saying that to you for like 45 minutes while we was in the living room and shit. <laughs> but I'm not controlled. So you probably won't see me in certain things that you see everybody that's yeah. controlled in. Because yeah. I really don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you were saying, like, when you, when you, if you was to link up with LL, like, he can't go out in public. Y'all can't just go to the shop and, and yeah. get something because yeah. his, what he has, it's kind of... It's like that whole Eminem shit. Like Eminem can't, right. he don't know society no it more sucks. because he's stuck in a castle somewhere. Yeah, it, it sucks. Yeah. You know, I go, sometimes I go to LL's house, you know, we go to the crib and, you know, we sitting in the crib. I'm like, you know, you want to like go. go out and get a beer? Let's go to the supermarket. Let's yeah. do something. But, you know, some some guys be so famous that they can't walk the streets without mm. uh, without security. Causing a riot. You, you know, yeah. and, you know, you know, one day I sat sat with LL in a, re- in a restaurant in Manhattan, you know, people like two people saw us walk in. Next thing you know, it's dead, dead daylight outside, and it's getting dark inside the restaurant. Like, why is it getting so dark? 
look at the window, it's like hundreds of people <laughs> looking in the window. I'm like, dude, Especially nowadays. how do you get used to this? Yeah. I'm like, bro, don't you want to just go to the supermarket in your, in, you know, in your sweatpants yeah. or something without a security detail? Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I've seen both sides. I don't like that side. It sucks. Yeah. Your life sucks when you can't go outside. Mm. You got to put on a fake mustache. I don't want that life. I'll yeah. be a thousand there. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I'll be a hundred thousand there. Yeah. Y'all be the millionaires because I can still walk in the mall with my kids. Yeah. And guess Word. what? Some some people may not know who I am. That's good. Yeah. Because now I can spend time with my kids and give them quality time yeah. in a regular atmosphere. Word. You get what I'm saying? No yeah. doubt. A lot man. of people can't do that. Yeah. Diddy can't do that. Diddy can't go to the mall. Not unless they shut the mall down. Let them have the mall to themselves. You, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. That sucks. And that is something Diddy would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He got all the Disneyland to himself yeah. and shit. But you know yeah, that I sucks. Why I want to go to Why I want to go to Disneyland and only me and my kids are there? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody knows when you literate and shit. <laughs> you know like, fuck a fast pass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that We're going to stand in two hours. Yo, that shit magic. really sucks, yeah. yo. So a lot of my yeah. friends are so yeah. famous that they don't have regular lives. Right. And that takes them now. You can't even make a real record because you don't know what society is anymore. Mm. That's kind of one of like Eminem's yeah. problems. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not in society, you don't know how to give society what they need. Word. Because you're not there no more. No doubt, man. You're, you're, you're disconnected. Yeah, yeah. And that sucks. Yeah, that's that, true. Some of my, some of my, some of my real famous friends got sucky ass lives, but they're rich as hell. Mm. <laughs> I mean, maybe they can go to like you know Bali and then you know not be harassed or some shit. But yeah, and then and try mean, to escape run away like Russell Simmons on. and shit. Ah, they want to bring it up, but all right. Hey. You know, word. With the Cohen dude, man. If you look like. Who saw the movie Cadillac Records? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's ne- that is not gonna change. Right. No. You know, it's not gonna change. We thought it was until until we actually gain power mm. over our own right stuff. Right. It's not you're that, always gonna have that vulture there. Yeah. yeah. That's why we thought that '97. That's why we was happy to go underground because we was like we're good. We can do this independent. We don't need the record labels anymore. Right. People started selling independent and just going through distributors without you know Russell Simmons or Def Jam or anybody running the shit. We thought right. we was gonna make it, and then MP3s came out and kind of ruined. And, and guess but, what? The uh, culture person vultures, to person sharing. Yeah. The culture vultures pushed the energy to something else. Mm. So it was like, all right, we went, we went underground. Music, we went underground, but the culture vultures started promoting the more commercial stuff. So mm-hmm. it seemed like we was just doing what we was doing for us. Yeah, it wasn't for the mm-hmm. it wasn't for the masses anymore. Yeah, like how it was a year before. You got to think about it. The underground music, and, and you know, so weird too about underground hip hop, and I, I love it. And you know, it's hard. It's 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 what it is. But right now. It's hard for us to get deals in that right now. You see yeah, other people yeah. getting deals in that genre, but I can't. Dude, why why ain't P Rock working like he works supposed to be working? Why ain't Premier working like he's supposed to be working? You get yeah. what I'm saying? They but ain't you got lost all a these... step in the production. It's still dope as right. ever. It's, yeah, yeah, still the heads are still bopping. They still delivering lovely, but you got other other cats that came in and vultured it out, and they getting the money, and that's that's just the reality of it. And you know you see it all the time. I, I feel love, like I, we went from being real happy about shit to being like, damn, this industry yeah. is fucking. You know, no, it's, it's not. I don't. I <laughs> yeah. don't think that is. Look, I don't think that is so bad. To be honest, okay. So, 
I think after 97 with the whole debacle with the radio and then after 2000 up to 2010 12 like that was a, that was kind of dark because there was sure. no output Nothing. but now we have Mixcloud and SoundCloud and all these other things yeah. that are out and the whole streaming thing right yeah so right now what it is is the radio is like watching the movie mm. digging and finding your favorite artist on SoundCloud and Mixcloud or whatever that's like reading a book so society has to be a little bit more educated and stop watching the fucking movie and read the book because there are so many mm-hmm. amazing yes. artists and yeah. so many amazing producers so much amazing music if you take the time and read the fucking book and start watching the movie. Yeah, man. Or mm. you could listen to the Mega Late Show. We talk about dope shit on here all the time. <laughs> you don't need a Spotify playlist. It just I mean, talk flex. to us and shit. That, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to get it in. You baby. know what's crazy? You know what's crazy, though? There was a dark time in the music industry when the industry didn't know what to do with digital. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? When digital first came out, CDs, and then it started. When Napster came, it was that was the dark ages because now... You don't got to buy music. I could just have it in my computer and share it with anybody who's on the platform with me. You don't got to buy it. So now, what? How are we gonna shut that down and capitalize off of digital? How can so, we make the money again? Right. Yeah. So that was a, a was a good time for yeah. some people because, you know, it was just free music. Yeah. And the record companies were losing because they didn't know how to capture digital yet. Mm-hmm. Streams wasn't here yet. They right. didn't know that if you play it, if you stream it, you can make money. Let's mm-hmm. let's make let's make it like the more you play it on the internet, it, it's generating money. Yeah. There, there was a way. There was a time when they didn't know what to do with this because digital was out of control. Right. And nobody, no artist ever signed to digital. Let me let me make that clear because digital was not here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and nobody's contract was their digital and right. streaming. Right. That's why I mean that's why they're the Music Modernization Act right now is is going through Congress because the the music industry they figured out how to make money off of the streams, but they sure found a way not to pay the artists. Right. And so now now it's going to court now the Music Modernization Act so artists can get mechanicals based off of straight up and down, you know, the streams and and the metadata being correct. So it's a whole different thing, man. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was a dark age. It definitely yeah, was. No doubt. But they, and come on, with a stream, we ain't getting paid enough for each stream. No, absolutely Just, not. If, if, if you used to buy my record and, and, and play it in your house, you bought you bought it for 12 something. You bought my album. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? If, if you stream that same song off the album. Oh, for you to get $12 off of me streaming your album, I have to play it like 150,000 times. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. So the, 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 it's, it's minuscule yeah. what they're giving you for streaming. It should be up. It's so they, it's another robbery. Yeah, you know, and and who made that? The vultures made they it. They figuring yeah. it all they out, man. Wait out. until <laughs> wait until we see these changes that happen on YouTube in the next two years, because Lear is there now and he's about to figure out how to make that money. We ain't gonna be able to just go there and and play a song. Oh, try to put up somebody's music on YouTube. Oh, That's, yeah. You're not licensed to put their music oh, up. Yeah. I, I tried to put up a BC Boys track because I was trying to share it because they went on there. They shut that shit down immediately. Quick. Like, as soon as I hit return on it, they're like, nah, B. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, son. Nah, nah, B. Yeah, yeah, It's just so crazy the minuscule money that we make off streaming when it should be more. should be worth more. Who said that that's what we get? We never agreed to that. We never said, yo, we never signed up. Yeah, give us. Um, 
zero percent of this for that. Yeah. We never signed for this. Yeah. We no, never signed no. for that. No, and it wasn't getting money for being put in video games and shit like that either, man. They yeah. always gonna find ways to make money off the culture and shit. That's I true. just want people to know more about you. Oh, I do want to ask. Uh, cool G Rap. Yes. Was he like one of the first quote unquote gangster rappers? The first yeah. one of the first gangster rappers. He was. Was, was it him or like Schooly D? Schooly D was yeah. dope. Schooly he had D a record out Saturday first. night. Yep. So PSK? Yes. PSK, what does that mean? People don't. So, yes, I could have been Schooly. Schooly D. But he didn't, for some reason, Schooly D didn't. He didn't keep being that for some reason. And he had a, you know, sometimes in rap, in our early parts of our careers, we do stuff and don't stick to it. Kind of like me. I mean, I had so many samples and drums. I, I, I should have stuck to my hit drum sounds, but I experimented with a lot more. So if Schooly D was the first time I heard somebody talking about some street action. Um, G-Rap on Road to the Riches, he he was, he, was, he just brought it, you know, in, 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 the, in that era. But in Schooly D probably was the first person I heard talking about Saturday night, what they did. And they was out on the street doing this and that and pumping what they was doing. So Schooly D definitely was at the top of it, but didn't keep it going. Um, G-Rap I mean, G -Rap came through and then, you know, then everybody saw G-Rap and, you know, he didn't even stay with it he just did some other he's just a demo that right he was right. all we was kind of like all over the place yeah Not i feel like he's so he doesn't get the credit for yeah, you know I absolutely bringing that you. to i mean just as an mc right. very underrated but for bringing that I mean, realness to yeah. it because mm -hmm. even within the juice crew everybody's phenomenally talented right but nobody's rapping like like a G rap or about the things he's rapping about. Yeah, right. He was definitely ahead of his time and on some different shit. As a as a as a music lover, I feel like um Schooly D sorry, don't get mad at me, Schooly D. His raps were a lot simpler. Oh yeah. Therefore people that are new to this understanding of what rap was, which was the West Coast at the time, mm. it was easier for them to follow his pattern, mm. which is what everybody on the on the West Coast did, right? Mm. They followed their pattern. G rap, there was nothing ABC, there was nothing simple. Mm. So you had to go break out your thesaurus, you had to get your rhythm pattern set, mm. and that was might have been a little bit too much work for people coming in. So I feel like yeah, Schooly was the first, but G Rap was the best. Mm. Yeah, he was dope. You know, the, and it just like, still is it, dope, man. He came is. out, he had a verse on uh, DJ Mug's album last month. Still mm. dope. dope. Look, the like some of the the verses that he had back then, people are still not yeah. able to catch up with right, right. now. Oh, he's he's um, he's incredible. Yeah, not just not just the content, but the. Uh, the technique. Uh, he birth. I mean, you know, uh, all the high tier MCs are going to give him credit for his multi-syllable work. Yeah. Like yeah. fucking, what Eminem does is is what G Rap was doing. You know, definitely. Yeah. What so fifteen years before? Yeah, like, wow. you know what I mean? and he's still super. He's still super dope at doing it. Yeah. Actually, my weather report is a track with cool G Rap on it too. So, yeah. more G Rap yeah. talk after the break. Yeah, yeah. Mega Late Show, episode fifty one. We the best. DJ Mob, Brooklyn He's Terry. The best. Yeah. Now I'm in the corner. <laughs> D Dallinger on the boards. Hey. Hey.
Peep game, you know what it is. It's your man S K Y Z O O Sky Zoo. Live out the borough, all the way out in Japan. Doing it the only way I know how. With the Mega Late Show. Let's get into it, baby. Can I just be extra hype like Funk Master Flex right now? Yeah. We got a match Marley at least. He lied! (laughs) You fucking worship him! Yo, flex me wildin' out, man. Yo, I I cannot stress how much I miss the days of Marley, Magic, and then on the other station, Red. And chill out. Chill out. Chill out. Like, I miss that to my core. And, you know, I'm not trying to be like, ooh, son, back in the days. Because I, you know, I really try not to do that. But there was something about that that rivalry and that freedom on the radio. Right. That Mm. I don't think we'll ever see on any format again. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know what the funny thing is? I mean, when we talk about back then. You know, the battles from the radio, you know, with the Red Alert and the Molly Mall, Mr. Magic, Chuck Chill Out. You know, a lot of people always talk about the battle with Shan and KRS-One because that was part of that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, Red Alert was on BDP side, and that's how they got fueled. They ran to him and said, hey, we don't like Magic, and we're dissing them, and here's some, here's some fuel for you, kind right, of. So right. that's how it went. But, you know... We all know the outcome from the Shan and the um, Karis One yeah. battle, but nobody talks about. I'm glad you brought this up too. I am too. And this Thank is something you, that we're going to talk about today because nobody talks about how me and Mr. Magic used to mop them every weekend. Yo, for hey, real. <laughs> yeah, for real. nobody talks about that. Look. That's like overlooked. We used to, yo. We used to tear them up every weekend. Every weekend. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe See? it's because I'm, I'm a Brooklyn dude, but it was Juice Crew over Boogie Down Productions by far. Like, I, I wouldn't even say, you know, I would say, all right, Juice Crew, Boogie Down Productions, but I'm, I'm strictly talking about Mr. Magic, Molly Mall, Red Alert, Chuck Chill Out, Battles on the Radio. Oh we used God. to mop them. <laughs> yeah, word. I don't even know, like 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 Flex said on the radio one day, I don't even know how they used to come back to work every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> he, that, was, that was Flex's Man. words. We used to mop them dudes. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But they had their fans, though, because we was killing so bad. It's like almost like a person that don't even know Diddy and don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> just off the strength I don't like that motherfucker fuck him that's how it was with me and Mr. Magic so we had built in haters anyway so the built in haters we had went to the red alert side and was help trying to help them out mm-hmm. as best they can but we used to tear their ass up every fucking weekend facts I love it Facts. See, and, and that's something I didn't even talk about on the other side too. Right. This is exclusive for y'all. Yo, we used to tear their ass. Yo, I love that, <laughs> man. And it, it was probably the healthiest thing yeah. ever for hip hop. One, it was really healthy for radio because not that I know of, that was the you know, from what I know, that's the first radio battle yeah. in the history of yeah. radio yeah yo yeah i'm gonna fly that in in the intro and shit <laughs> let these motherfuckers yeah. know i'm back that's of true radio yeah, you know what i mean true. yeah and then and then because of that that rivalry 
the levels were pushed up so high. Oh yeah. That like the, the only thing that it can breed is 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 like quality. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. have to try and I had so to hard. come yeah. back every week with something dope. That made me the dopest producer kind of because I knew that they had to rely on what people gave them for ammo. I could go make the ammo this Ooh. week. And that's why back. you had the upper hand too. Right. And that's I was going I'll go make something hot. Boom. Shut them down. Y'all got two weeks to respond. But y'all come with a little something. Boom. I make something else. Boom. Big Daddy yeah. Kane record. Boom. Cool Ooh. G Rap record. Boom. And you know, I was just hitting them every week. So you knew you was gonna hear something hot and new that you never heard before. You know, I'm with just us. still I'm still trying to digest the fact that I would go make something. Boom. Big Daddy Kane record. Boom. <laughs> yeah, like, like he right, just like, chilling and shit. Like how we doing the podcast. Like, right. yeah, it's, I'm boom. Gonna, I'm gonna go make the yeah, right. <laughs> no, no doubt, man. No doubt. We tearing them up because we didn't have to rely. We didn't have to rely on what people gave us. You get what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. what people gave us might not have been on point. Yeah, I was yeah. making things on point. That's how we do it. See, that was a that like I I'm not familiar with those radio battles at all because it's before my generation. Right. I came up like people were giving me tapes of Stretch and Bob, and right. we would listen to like the Wake Up Show with Sway right. and Tech, right. and and all of that is something that I just never even really heard anybody go into detail about. Right. And with so. Sway and Tech, we used to do something with Sway and Tech on the Wake Up Show where they was in. And they was on the West Coast. We was on the East Coast. We used to broadcast from my house. Coming on, we was on the, on the radio in New York and L.A. at the same time. Oh, way before anybody would ever think about that. Wow. We, had, we had the ISTN lines hooked up where they would have bad, you know, somebody rhyming. Then we'd have somebody counter-battling. And we used to have fun. It wasn't like we was really battling. It was just for entertainment. Yeah. And, you know, it was something great that me and um, the Wake Up Club used to do yeah. from New York to L.A. And then... Then Hot 97 heard us doing it, and they tried to do the same shit with 106 out. And, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, they tried yeah. to do the same thing, but they didn't know how to do it. It sounded really shitty. And, trash. Uh, <laughs> trash. It just sounded trashy, but, you know, that was another innovation. My little shots going off. <laughs> but, you know, that was another I'm gonna innovation. I'm going to turn it up and post. Yeah, no, no doubt. But that was another innovation that, you know, we brought to radio that nobody really talks about. You know, we kind of get overlooked. With that, you know, just like nobody say, I'm gonna say it again because I, I just gotta say it. We used to put it on them every fucking weekend. <laughs> Red alert, Chuck, chill out. We used to tear them up. Chuck, better chill out, man. Go sit down. You know what we're trying to do over here. <laughs> no. Shout out to all those brothers, man. They're innovators too, but we have fun. Yeah, we have mean, fun. We have yeah. fun. I mean, that's the competition is what breeds excellence, man. Like you got to right. sharpen each other, and and when it's not competitive, man, the people ain't as sharp because they that's ain't true. on their toes. So that's you, true. Got to keep shadow boxing, man. That's true. So Word. when you were when you were doing that every weekend, mm. did you think that you were pushing the level of the entire culture up higher? Did you think like that? Did you feel that? No. Nah, we just was having fun, man. I, I didn't know what the hell we was doing. Flying out of the seat of our pants. Um, my first year and a half working for Mr. Magic. I was, it was internship. He was smart. Hey, you're my intern, so you don't get paid. We're trying to get an intern right now. Yo, contact the Mega Late Show. <laughs> you know and Gmail. But he, he knew how to do it. So I was like an intern. You know, I was an intern for about a year and a half. I didn't get paid, but I was on the radio rocking for him. And then finally... You know, the checks started coming in, you know, after my value went up, I guess they wanted my value up. So, you know, it was fun. You we know, didn't know what the hell we was you, doing. I just let you know. 
We did not hey, know man. what he was doing. But that's hip hop. Right? He like that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, He's like, just, yo, let me try to spin on my face right quick. That fucking works out. Oh, got a lot of injuries off of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I won't try that shit again. Try something new. <laughs> hey, but if it works, it works, man. Right, 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 right. Yo, well, you see him spin on his face? He's together, bad. man. He got yo, I, in fact, straight up and down, yo, welcome back to the Mega Late Show. Thank you for paying attention to that commercial break. We went right back into it. We're about to go ahead and hit y'all with some of our weather reports and play some jams that we're talking about oh, and thinking jam. about. And um, I guess I'll go first late. You cool with that? You got yours or what? Yeah, I think you should go first. All right, word. My joint right here is from an album that came out. These brothers is from Queensbridge. Y'all might have heard of them before. They're called Mob Deep. Mm. And this joint right here, man, I, I wanted to bring this up because I think that this track right here created the framework for what a lot of the East Coast rappers are doing now. Mm. There's a whole vibe of, of artists who are making slow, almost no drums, deliberate, mm. grimy, street hip-hop rap. Rock Marciano, Elusive, Billy Woods, mm. Conway the Machine, um, West Side Gun, Gun mm. Benny, Makami. All of these cats is really dope. If you like this vibe, West you King dig Pan. it. Right, right. You know what I mean? And I call those single loop records. They just get Work. a single hot loop and, and, and loop that hot mm. joint. Yo, shout out to Don't the add Alchemist. nothing to yeah. it. It's just so hot on its own. Yeah. All it needs is that loop and a rap. Yeah. There's a whole there's a whole uh, uh, beat making scene out here that they really like that one loop aesthetic wow. right now too. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean it, it it has varying degrees of success, but this is also Alchemist, and Alchemist is one of the dopest producers to come out since whenever, and he's one of my favorites. He's still so solid, and I think he doesn't get enough respect either. But um, this let, let me run this back, man. Shoot, let me run this back. As I as I said before, you know, I'm I'm 35 years old and my generation is a few after both of y'all's. And the first time that I think I was like really privy to your name, I had heard your music before from my from older people and my brother-in-laws, right. but was I'm from that that juicy generation right. of kids that heard you mentioned on that track. And because of because of the distance in, in time G-Rap wasn't being heralded as like super dope back then. Right. Neither was Kane, Slick right. Rick, KRS, Rakim. It was it was the nineties and we had plenty of dope shit. All you could hear stories about probably was the in the, from the eighties was like run DMC stories mm -hmm. yeah. and Beastie Boy stories. So mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. you know, cause th that's how it goes. They push who they want to push. Yeah. But you know, I'm glad you was able to, you know, the next generation was able to open up. And it was able to open up for them because you was only hearing stories about certain people. Yeah, yeah, man. If it wasn't for my OGs who were telling me about all the cats that were dope, you know, cats that was 10 years older than me, right. telling me about, you know, the shit they loved in high school. Right. They put me on a G-Rap and I was like, oh, this is really good. But this track is actually when I, I heard G-Rap and I was like... This is this is the best verse I've heard in my whole life. Wow. I, I really felt like he just did something super special off of this joint. And the the beat, the vibe, the aesthetic, it just spoke to me so much. And I wanted to play it for you because one, you know, it's Queens, no it's Prodigy and Havoc, and it's G Rap. But I also wanted to just say that like your sound and Mob Deep sound and all the people that came out of Queensbridge after you and, and you working with Cool G Rap, it really helped shape this idea of New York to me with me not ever being there during that era, you know, gotcha. like ever seeing it. 
and on the west coast we just imagined that it was all like you know what i mean it was all this you know we didn't know if there were ice cream trucks and shit we, unless they were you know run by the wu-tang clan and, right, right, and you right. know there's women hanging off of them yeah the first so. time i listened to the infamous i was in spain wow. so it's forever associated with spain but oh shit wow. the first time i went to new york like my friend was actually staying off Myrtle. Is that mm. what it's called? Oh yeah, Myrtle. 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 Shout out to Myrtle. Yeah. Wow. Sounds dangerous. Like I got off the train, I was like, wait, this is Myrtle? Like Myrtle, Myrtle? Yeah. And I just, I could just hear like infamous and Illmatic in my head, just mm. walking down the street. Mm. Like wow. definitely that kind of feeling mm. just from the music. How was your, uh, how was your relationship with Product and Havoji? Uh, it was dope. Havigy. You know, product and Havoji. Pro Prodigy <laughs> and Havoc. <laughs> product, product and Havoji. Well, yeah. it was dope because you know the the apartment that i lived in that made eric b's president all those all those other songs that shantae came up i was shouting out the window he used to live in the next building it was this, you know it was like connected our buildings were connected he was like four four windows away from me kind of so i used to blast music out that i was recording and his uncle you know who, who was next to my age used to blast music out too so we was always cool you know for sure you know so he, you would see his little ass running around being bad and all, shit? all day all day that was, who, that was, who were can you tell us some of the kids you used to see you used to see like ron artest and you know metal yeah, world peace out there and shit no like doubt. that and you know one good thing about ron i could say I, I knew he was gonna do it because it used to be snow outside they would he would his father you know, his father would shovel the snow in the winter time for him to practice. It'd be like three feet of snow. They would shovel that shit. You see this kid out on the block shooting, like at the at the half court line, just shooting like 500 shots. You, you get what I'm saying? Getting yeah, his getting yeah. his shot right. You know, he's out there. It used to be snowing. He used to be out there practicing. So it was destined to happen. Definitely destined to happen. And that's like Spike Lee got game shit. And yeah, and you know what's crazy too? It's like you know a few basketball players came from Queensbridge. He wasn't the only one. You know, I we, just heard about him right. because after he started whooping everybody's ass, it was like, oh yeah, he's from Queens. And I was right. like, ah. Right. <laughs> and what I loved about <laughs> him, he used to make the announcers say QB. And we, on his interview, say QB, say you love Queensbridge. So they were like, yeah, I love Queensbridge. And they didn't even knew what yeah. they was talking about. But I would see him in, in the making. You know, I would see him in the making being out there on the court every every night damn near as a as a young teenager. And he had one of those Serena Williams type fathers that 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 made him and pushed him to do it because you know living in Queensbridge there's a lot of other things he could have been doing if you know what I mean he could have been you know he could have been selling drugs it was it was and, and, and that was the drug era too mm -hmm. he you know he had blinders on you know and there was a lot of um, basketball players from Queensbridge like Vern Fleming the, those twins they went to the NBA you know Willie Sims he was another big basketball player in the NBA my cousin Eugene Walden you know he rocked for Syracuse he, he you know he, he went to the NBA I think for one year so you know we had a lot of entertainers a lot of basketball players from Queensbridge like you said earlier there should be a plaque or something stating that what you know how much talent came from these yeah. little six blocks it's crazy to think about the sheer number of talent that came from there right. you, it, it's not like oh okay they're from this part of brooklyn that part of brooklyn but right. like queensbridge it's you so. guys every, every so much talent came out of there from this small area that it's like 
even in the Roxanne Shante uh, uh, video and shit, at the end of it, the the film that came out on Netflix, at the end of it, they're like talking to Nas and shit. You know right, what I mean? Right, it's right. like they made an emphasis to be like, she would talk to Nas, but they're, right. you know, around that whole area is so much talent, man. It's definitely. Somebody some, needs to put that together. It's definitely something in the water. It has to be. And, you know, you got to look at Queensbridge is like right across the river from Manhattan. You can see Manhattan. So it's like one train stop away. So you're, you're like one stop away from success if you get on that train. Yeah. <laughs> That's real talk. Word up. <laughs> That's dope, man. Yo, rest in peace, the Prodigy. The prodigy, yes, yes, that's right. That was crazy, oh, man, when yo, he passed. Yo, this verse is yeah. also crazy. Yo. Spill blood for my thuns, dug it for me. Man, you don't want to get involved, fuck it with P. I spent more nights healing, less nights chilling. The more shots they hold, the better they feel it. We'll be the dealings. Some killers like to hide behind specs. Others got blatant disrespect. And the rest are so young that you wouldn't even expect to be bursting off guns like a Vietnam vet on the steps, sitting in the staircase bent thinking on ways to take another man head go to war with niggas that's against what i rap i settle things with a heavy metal fifth change clips switch clothes after i spit place niggas back in their space fuckers on your mind kid yo man rest in peace prodigy that that his death really fucked me up man like mm. he shaped so much of my vision about new york and just so much of it is it, it comes from off the back of like the Purple Tape and fucking Mob Deep's first two albums. That's what up. That's what up. I don't like how they did him with the news articles and shit after he passed away. Like the they like it's like the article is like a uh, prodigy dies choking on an egg. Like you don't make that headline and shit. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. They could have said someone got caught in his throat or anything else, but you know, he passed away to health issues. You yeah, know, like, yeah, something. That's crazy. That's real crazy. But yo, that's that's the joint right there. But I definitely understood when they came through what it was all about. You know, at the time, you know, Queensbridge was so hot. You know, they you know he they was down with Violator too, and you know, God rest the dead, um, Chris Lighty. Rest in peace, Chris Lighty. Yeah, rest indeed. in peace, um, Chris Lighty. They, you know, they they needed some of that QB. It's like you know when Search, you know, Search came out the Queensbridge searching for Nas. He, he heard a tape. He heard who Nas. Uh, heard about Nas and heard the tape. You're talking about MC Search. Yeah, MC Search because Search. he gave Nas the first deal. It was Search like publishing gave mm-hmm. Nas his deal. So um, Search went out there and searched for Nas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he came out. out to the hood. You know, he didn't care. You know, yeah. he came out to the wild ass hood. Yo, who's this Nas? Hey, dude, where's Nas? And you know. You know, I wouldn't have trusted nobody, but he came and looked, and it was kind of crazy. They needed a piece of that QB. That's real. QB was like blazing at that point, you know. And the foundation of QB comes from one of the records that I picked for this segment. It's called, um, uh, I believe it's Live Motivated by Tragedy. As you can see, um, the whole QB style and and flow. This is like the catalyst of what was yet to come in Queensbridge. As you can hear, the things that he's talking about. He, he says Havoc in there. He named Havoc and Mob Deep because he put the group together. Wow. You get what I'm saying? So if you listen to this record, you'll hear what, what was coming next for QB. And and the, the flow, he mentions Illmatic in here. Mm. I don't know if, if Nas heard him talking Illmatic and caught the flow and, like, and yeah. said, that's going to be the name of my album. But on this record right here, Live Motivator, you could see clearly 
where QB was going and the flow and what he's talking about. Let's yeah. check it out. I mean, even the way he started off the verse is very... Yeah, man, it very, it, it very much does have kind of like the same vocal qualities as, uh, of yeah. Nas, but without, but without the like the the street edge so much, you know, like in terms of. I mean, I do like how the cover, the cover got you, uh, like the cover they got here on, on on a YouTube joint. It got you back there, and it also got like the buckle font for for Queensbridge. It looked <laughs> like a bridge. That's our old Zulu nation, like the buckle font. Yo, right. Who does who designed that cover? You remember anything um, about this shit? That actual cover they have for that's from a different album. Okay, that's from a different album. That's from a um, uh, Tough City record. Okay. But listen to the the second verse that he does. And like, you know, he already mentioned Havoc on on the first verse. And now he's going to mention more things that's going to happen in QB mm -hmm. later on. And check it out. Here it comes. Absolutely. Comes from this record. Word, <laughs> the the Mob Deep, the Nas, you know, Mega. what was yeah, what was meant to come after mm. the flow. It's like tragedy was like like one of the first people to put that QB flow. But as you know, like I always say he kept going to jail. Let me see. <sighs> Terry, <laughs> yo, Barley called it rock music. Rock mm, music. Yeah. You can't help but do the rock. You said this well, is where he got his name from, also. No, I think he got a song from an earlier record that this. He was in a group called Super Kids. And the song was called The Tragedy. Mm. And people would be like, yo, who's that? And they started calling him Tragedy because he says he said the he's the name of the song was The Tragedy. And that's how you can identify who he was. Oh, that's Tragedy. Because mm. he made that record called The Tragedy. So he just ran with that name. The and, first you know. time I heard Live Motivator, 
I was in junior high school and wow, I was at like, Empire Roller Skate. Right? Ooh. And I remember skating ooh. to Live Motivator and trying to talk to this girl. She was like, yo, Shorty. Was like, trying to catch you heard that verse? Think about it. It's so clear. <laughs> wow. Because well, so there was like 88. This came out in 88, yeah. right? This is off yeah, the that's your first in control, control album. That was my last year of junior high school, first year of high school, that, that turn. And I remember trying to talk to this girl. And you do the, you know, you do the skate and the bounce. What you was just doing. It was perfect, yeah. yeah. It was perfect. I was skating Yo. with this girl, like, live mode beta. Trying to Yo, <laughs> shout out, shout out to, to, to roller skating. I mean, Go next month it. we got the speakeasy at, at the top of Tokyo Dome. That's right. Speakeasy at Tokyo Dome in the roller skating arena. It's the speakeasy Halloween roller skating party or nice. the speakeasy roller skating Halloween however you want to flip that oh, I gotta come mm-hmm. back sponsored I gotta come by back. Yo. My people at DMMA Kaiwa <laughs> yeah. yo straight up and down we'll yeah. be there I might come back for that one that's right nice yeah. on the roller skating oh, 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 be oh. nice on the skates yo what happened to roller skating rinks man that used to be like the you, prime location you know what shit. happened to roller skating rinks rent that's oh, what happened to Rose yeah, You have to be big. Yo, too, I'm finna man. turn it into ATL for a little bit in there, man. Hey, man, yeah, we gonna yeah, get it in. Yeah, it's gonna nice. be ATL Brooklyn all the way. Yeah, hey. <laughs> it's gonna be fun, man. People gonna be wearing Halloween costumes out there, too? Yes, sir. I, I, yeah, all right, I, man. They better. I'm, you know <laughs> what I'm hearing? I'm hearing that Japan is starting to go big on Halloween. It's getting bigger. Yo, it's man. it's crazy. crazy. It's yeah. so big, I stay in my house. Yeah, I'm not it's, doing Shibuya. Again. Even the three years I've come to Tokyo, it's bigger exponentially gotten crazy. Yeah. Because you could be what you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, people do that shit on a Sunday out here. They don't even yeah. care. I know. On a Wednesday, we used to play nigga. a drinking game. Like every Super Mario costume you see, you take a sip of your drink. Right. By like nine thirty, we already done because <laughs> there's like a million. The only thing they need to step up is the costumes, man. They gotcha. need to get more places to sell costumes. Yeah. Out Stop here. going to Donkey, Mark. y'all. Donkey's yeah. the bomb, man. Yeah. Word. <laughs> Word. Who we got next? Should we uh, should is we plug me? in and, and get you on, Terry? Maybe I should go next. Okay, yeah, okay. Oh, because this is good, All right. also related to Marley. Okay, okay yeah, let's do it. Oh, mine is two, don't worry. Okay, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, mine is two. Well, whoever wants Bust to go, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. Me? Yeah, yeah. All right, so a little lead in. So at first, I was going to go someplace else. But I'm sitting here and next to Marley, and we're talking about Queensbridge, and it was this magical thing that happened when Queensbridge and Brooklyn got together mm. when Queensbridge and Brooklyn got together mm. rap High music fucking changed mm. and it changed with this is one of my all time favorite rappers and probably the coolest motherfucker in the world I'm not sure mm. what this is Kane smooth okay like Kane I, seriously man Kane was like oh shit you can be fly and sexy and cool, you ain't gotta be super hard and still mm. be a rapper. And he didn't curse. Mm. Yeah, indeed. And true. he didn't curse. Right, right, right. True. Now, I don't mind cursing. I curse a lot, but it's just something about his use of words, mm. his flow. Mm. Like, cause I think he was the definition of flow for that time. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Man, was, listen. was that an aesthetic you guys were going for in, at that time, Marley? No cursing. Nah, he he just did it. He just was a, a different type of artist when he came through. That's he was, real. I mean, he would talk about Islam and and the nation, the nation of Islam, and also like five percent theology shit on his tracks as well. And right. also, he was always being like Alana. End of a lot of his tracks, he would say peace. 
Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was yeah. really he was really a conscious rapper, but he's not he's not really credited to that. Right. He's yeah. also not as credited. I think I think he deserves more respect in terms of the type of music he was making. He was making some real like smooth type of joints for ladies, you know, to get the yeah. ladies down too. And yeah. we 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 sure did trash the hell out of Ja Rule for doing that shit. And we trashed <laughs> the hell out of Drake. 50 Cent for doing that Drake. shit and Drake. Yeah. But but Big Daddy Kane did it, you know, he did it too. Yeah. You there we go again. It goes right back to Marley. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, it all ripples out. Like, you guys were doing that before. His shit is definitely not no 21 questions, corny shit, yeah. though. But, I mean, Yeah, make know, sure to check out that earlier want. Brooklyn Terry episode to hear him sing praises of Big Daddy King. That's true. Anybody that knows about I'm a huge Kane fan. Yeah, wow. I'm a huge Kane fan. Is this a live performance? This is a live one because this is the one that fucking counts. Okay. In such a phenomenal stage show and shit, too, man. And this was hot for the dances, man. Oh my god. So not only did he change the flow of rap music, he changed the way we danced. Mm-hmm. Because the music judges the music changes the right, dance, right? right? He right. changes the way we dance. All of the running man stuff wouldn't exist mm. without this dude, which means Kane really influenced our man on the West Coast. Mm. Mm. It's crazy, man. Yeah, man. He did a lot of things, man. What year is this, Terry? This is 88. 88 was a great year, bro. 88 is largely seen as like the pinnacle year of hip hop, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The greatest year of hip hop. There's a few other arguments. (laughs) There's a few other arguments, but yeah, Marley, yeah. It really is. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It really is. I'm was sorry for changing him out. <laughs> we'll never me. forgive you. We'll never forgive you. What is it like? 88, 94? 88, yeah. 94. What's still in the, I mean, the there's there's dropped? a lot of there's a lot of years that yeah, are really yeah. strong years. I would always go. I would fall a year back to 93. I gotta you gotta look at it like yeah. this. How many hot albums came out in that year? I think in '88 it had to be about eight hot albums that changed the whole everything came out that year and that's why it's stuck that's why people in new york are wearing flat tops right now mm-hmm. because that year i mean that's one of the most pinnacle years in 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 the music in, in rap music because you gotta look at how many albums came out that year yeah. well, i think a nation public enemy came out epmd yeah 87 too though Yeah I mean that Alright 86 yeah. to 88 86, yeah. 86 88 Was yeah. like yeah. yeah that's exactly Like First golden era Too many albums Came out In that year It's like Incredible Albums that rock In 1988 It's like What EPMD came out Public Enemy came out Kane came out My album came out G-Rap probably came out You, you get what I'm saying It was like Too many And then On the west coast It was killing too It was a lot of A lot of I think That's around the time When I first heard The NWA po- It was the NWA Posse Or something One of their albums Let, let me let me 
me go ahead and list some of the albums that right. came out in 88. Yeah. Uh, the Ghetto Boys, Bismarcky going Boom. off. Boom. He's the DJ, I'm the rapper. Boom. Fresh Prince, By All Means Necessary. Mm. Boogie Down Productions, Boom. On the Strength, Grandmaster Flash, Boom. Run DMC, Tougher Than Leather, Boom. Uh, EPMD, Strictly Business. Nah, I don't fuck. Long Live the Cane. Boom. It, takes a mi- it takes a nation a million. <laughs> Follow the leader. Assault with a Deadly Peppa. Straight out of <laughs> straight out of Compton. Yeah. Easy does it. Yeah. Power. Come on. Uh, by, yeah. In Control Volume 1. You know what I'm saying? Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Yo, it takes never two. Never sleep on it takes two. Oh, for here, yeah. here, goes, here goes the joint, though. One of my favorite joints. Critical Beat Down. Ultra See? Magnetic. Look at that. Wow. Come on. Two Hype by Kid and Play. <laughs> Come on. The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. See? Straight Out the Jungle. Jungle Brothers. Bam. MC Sham. Born to be Wild. Boom. King T. Act a Fool. Boom. Lock Him Shabazz. Pure Righteousness. Boys. Yo, I mean, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. I could read on for uh, like another. I could keep scrolling. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but that was a very good year. I mean, when I was growing up, while the 90s was still happening, we were like, yo, 88. Everybody was like, 88, best year. 88, mm-hmm. the best year. Mm-hmm. As the 90s were happening. So, right. I mean, but you know, the, the thing about 88 that was really dope, because it was really dope for hip hop. 88 was also dope for dancehall because I'm a Flatbush kid. Mm. So I know this. 88 was incredible for dancehall. Mm. I'm talking about Barrington Levy. Mm. I'm talking about Shaba. I'm talking about Tiger. Mm. Like right. Ninja Man. Like that was all 88. Yeah. Wow. You know? Mm. So it was something in the air at that time yeah. that was happening. I wonder yeah. RB wise what was happening too because it couldn't have been just. Just wrapped. It had to be what Bell Biv DeVoe dropped or something. Like guy? it had to be eighty eight. I was like eighty. I don't know. Let's see top R and B albums of eighty eight. You gotta look that up because now I wonder what, what, what was happening. Was it just a rap influx? Uh, was rap taking R and B out at that time? <laughs> yeah. I, what, I, what I think was happening was the ghetto was really getting their voice. Mm. The ghetto was getting their voice, and everybody was trying to get their shit out. Whether it be the ghetto in New York or the mm-hmm. ghetto in Jamaica, mm. everybody was mm. getting their shit out. And mm. to be real, a lot of the dance hall dudes lived in Brooklyn too. True. So they, they don't. They don't <laughs> have a lot Don of one going to Don yeah. one studio. Yep. The it was the, like a, a, a Jamaican studio. And in, in Brooklyn, everybody used, used to go to Dime One and get those dub plates. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to go there too. Heavy Yo, like it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't have albums listed on Wikipedia for it. But I mean, Michael Jackson was still on the charts. The way you make me feel. Keith Sweat was uh, Keith, got his Keith joint. Uh, Morris Day. Let's see who else we got. Uh, Tina Marie. I'll be sure. Night and day was going down. Uh, I think I might have had sex for the first time to that song. <laughs> hey. Sade, Paradise. Uh, the Mac Band. Uh, Bobby Brown, Don't Be Cruel. Yeah, hey. see? He's killing it. I'll be sure again. Rick James has some joints. Freddie okay, Jack- Freddie Jackson. Freddie Jackson. Levert. 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 Mm. Just cooling. Yo. Just cooling was hot. <laughs> Luther <laughs> Vandross, Anita Baker were oh, all on the charts. Baker, wow. yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. Uh, Ziggy Marley, too. Wow. wow. Ziggy? Wow. Yeah, Ziggy Marley in the ma- in the Melody Makers. Crazy. Wow. So, yeah, that was a great... Yeah, for it was music, a great era man. for 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 black music, man. Oh yeah, Incredible. oh yeah. They had to shut that like, down a few years later. Yeah, yeah it's like it's sweet. <laughs> that's too much, right? right. Shut it down. down. Shut We're it gonna down. give y'all a Grammy, so y'all just stop. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I mean, we're not even thinking about like 
New Kids on the Block, oh, right. Rick Astley, right. Tiffany. Yeah, yeah, on the pop yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Oh, that right. great yeah. music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. You know what I mean? Wow. Yo, that's when White Chocolate was hot, too. White Chocolate. Can't even that's what I call it. White Rick chocolate. Astley? Come on. Oh, yeah. Yo, Rick For, Astley was the man. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I but missed yo, that. 80, 88, 89 in London? Oh. Come on, man. Oh. I, like We, we kind of ignore the sound that was coming out of London, but oh, those yeah. are our brothers and sisters over there, and they were fucking... They had soul to soul. They had soul. Soul to soul to came soul. around that time. Oh, I didn't know they were They English. stole my picking book as beat and became famous. <laughs> 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 yo, just write the check out. That's crazy. Mega. Shots fired. That is absolute insanity. <laughs> wow. wow. It's real talk right there, man. And I didn't yo. even care. I didn't even sue him. Go ahead. Because it was so good. <laughs> it was so right. loud. I was like, yo. <laughs> All right. I'm going to let y'all slide off of this one. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me let me drop this shit. Yeah, bust it. Yo. Am I up? Yes. Mm. Yeah. What is this? What is Symphony this? 2? Symphony 2. Yo, I don't know why. I kind of like... This one is like... To me, it's a little more smooth than the first symphony. Right. Like, the symphony is a classic. Right. But this one is like... I don't know. It's like... Everybody's a bit more, you know. Mature. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. That's exactly Mature. what it Can is. Can I have you sign this for no, me? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> you got that. You yeah, got I, got, I got it. I got it right here on the vinyl. Yeah, Symphony 2 was kind of dope. I mean, we, we, we wanted to do it again. Um, we had a nice budget for the video. Kane wanted to put his brother on. Around the half Lil, Lil Daddy, Daddy Shane. Shane. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, Kane owed me one because he wasn't really in the symphony, first symphony video the way he was supposed to. Mm. Because on the way to the video, somebody got shot on the bus. Oh, shit. On the bus. On the, on the tour bus going up to the video. Yo, Glock's on safety, man. You know, right, man. so, you know, somebody got shot on the bus and the cops took Kane off the bus and he couldn't be in the video. And that's all mm. I could say. Wait for the movie. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> right. Yo, man. So what's up? Uh, are we gonna do the Symphony Three? Um, no, nah, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes, you know, it's like it's like BBD trying to put out Poison Two. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta leave it alone, let yeah, it be yeah, what it is. You, you know, let it go. And you know, we had a good time doing it, and you know, we made history. And you know, I tried to do it with two. It didn't really come off like the first one. So I, I just. I'll just leave it alone. I tell you man. what, I, I if love you this guys track, ever want to do like some reunion type thing, mm -hmm. and you want to come to Japan, oh, holla at Speaky. Okay. Oh, oh, no problem. That's easy. Holla at Speaky. Oh, that could happen. I, I, yeah, that that is something that I'm dying to see. I am dying to see. Because, yeah. And I'm not talking about like some old ass uh, spinners reunion. Right, 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 right. Thing. While we because still alive and while moving. While you still alive. While you still moving and like everybody still has flows you still have tunes you know what i mean yeah i think our ne our next generation needs mm. Mm. to see mm. where it came from so man, mm -hmm. yeah, i hope i hope you do one day consider that would be super dope man. i'm definitely open for Yo, that. i've That'd never seen big daddy kane live before 
or Koji Rap. So I mean, mm. I would. I would they were here last year. Yo, but tell me how his ass still doing? doing dance moves and shit. In splits. I yeah. heard that he's still doing all the dance moves. He rolling and hitting it's the jump. Possible. In splits. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying. Yo, Mega, if you Yo. were going to, you know, it's, Brooklyn Bomber Studios, you could get like Big Daddy Kane, man. It's possible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just, I like what he. You know when he did like the uh, the they they gave him like uh, the BET kind of like w- w- like award or whatever like right. lifetime achievement joint where they everybody oh, yeah, goes the and performs the track. Right, he yeah, went yeah. out there and he man that shit could have been eighty eight again. Yep. He was killing it. No Same. Up the scoop and scratch and Buddha stretch because they were all on that stage too. Wow, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah I just want to shout out to Buddha stretch. I mean, Kane was dope, always dope, and, and 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 he always looked at his craft as it was more than just rap. You know, he always looked at himself as he's like a James Brown or something. I got to entertain these guys because that's what one thing about the Juice Crew that we that we always made sure everybody was an entertainer. That's why I think we probably one of the mightiest crews because everybody separately could tear something down on their mm-hmm. own as well as collectively. Yeah. So I mean, it really is like the super posse cut, man. It's the posse slash. The, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. the posse, it's, man. It, yeah. it's, the, it's kind of like the like the framework for all of the posse cuts that came after exactly. that. Exactly. Everybody's trying to catch yeah. this. Was Got there you. some kind of agreement for this one to like have G-Rap at the end this time instead of Kane? <laughs> um, I think... You know, I never even noticed that. I'm glad you pulled that out. I, I, me being a producer of that song, I never really realized that the first one had, it was a different order. I didn't really know. I guess at that point, G-Rap was, you know, G-Rap was on the rise. Really, really, really. And Kane was, you know, Kane was chilling. He already, he already had his position, so it wasn't no reason to fight for position like they did on the first one. Because the only reason why I said I don't care who's first or who last on the first one Nobody, nobody wanted wanted to go around. first. Yeah. Like, who want to go? Go. I don't care who's first. Go. Who? I don't care who's Yo, first. Shout who out to Master Ace, man. Oh, Yo. Yeah, you definitely. And, and shout out to Molly for that little nugget of trivia right there. Like, now I understand why you said, I don't care who's first or who last, baby. But, I've been hearing that, like, most right. of my adult life. Yeah. You know I mean? now, now you know, know why, why I said it. Because <laughs> nobody wanted to get on. So I threw Ace on first. And, you know, Ace... He wasn't even going to stay on the record. I just was trying to fill space mm. for Shan. Mm. And then it was supposed to be Shan, Craig G, um, you know, Master Ace, RG Rap, whoever wanted to go. You know, who, you know, the last person always was supposed to be the superstar. Of, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm killing the anchor. My, the, the anchor, anchor was the so, yeah. strong MC. Right, right. We get put the strongest person at yeah. the end. So, you know, there was kind of bad on who's stronger you know man you know I'm, I'm glad you know i'm glad master ace came through and, and you know that 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 filler space that i put turned into his career wow word yeah wow. yo it's real he came out with an album last year he still got it yeah man. he's dope he's master still ace. got it man they all still how, got it man do you yo, see master- how he tore up that um sitting on chrome that, <laughs> you know he he tore that up kid he's just he's just phenomenal also you know shout yes. out to yeah yes he you know, he made a he made a great career for himself after the Juice Crew. I always felt bad that when he kept, got to cold chilling back in the day, that the roster was so crowded, and everybody was already jockeying for position before he got there. There was really no room for him, mm. you know, and they really never saw it for what it really was. And I'm glad that he was able to. Um, I think it was Delicious Vinyl 
Yeah. He, he went with Delicious yeah. Vinyl and did Sitting on Chrome and all those other records. And um, it was ridiculous. I mean, those records still play in L.A. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He still, he still does tours on Summer Jams. Out in L- I was out in L.A. like two years ago. Master Ace. He like they said his name next to last. Like and they then they played I mean, his record. It was like crazy. To be to keep it like, like wow. keep it a hundred, he might have the most not the longest career, but the most extensive uh what's I don't know how to say this without sounding offensive. Cause like you said, it was be a little bit Bob, be real, man. Say it was that a little shit. bit after, you know, cold chilling, but I mean I remember when he did like the the ace, the master ace with over the doom beats. Mm. Like he's stayed relevant, right. maybe a bit longer than the other people in the juice. Well, a lot of, of the other guys didn't put out any any and art. Plus, and plus, he was younger too. Mm. You know, you got to think about it. He was younger than everybody. Everybody was older, and he was kind of younger. And I don't even think he he's in his forties right now. You know, matter of fact, he could have just he could be fifty one. Oh, he just made all right. There you go. No, not, not but he, he was he he was you know. And he's still matters right now. That's crazy. Definitely, he still got records out to this day. Yeah. Still touring oh. off his new records. Yeah, he's actually, t- his album. I'm saying, man, I, 2016. I was yeah. wrong about last year. Right. right. He don't. He don't tour off. He don't tour off of Juice Crew stuff. He don't perform no Juice Crew stuff on this show. Wow. Shoot, his man, disposable was a arts album in 2001 was was dope as shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I'm I'm so happy for that dude that he was able to carve his own niche out of out of this bullshit. You still used to have like. <laughs> Word. You still have like relationships with all these guys? Y'all still friendly? Yeah, we, I mean, we talk. No falling out? Yeah, no, nah, we cool. We everybody, everybody cool. I mean, you know, we, you know, we still do shows together. We still love to do the symphony. Um, you know, we still rocking out. I mean, as soon as we, you know, as soon as we get out and we get the call for a show, we love. You know, that's when we see each other. We have some fun, and you know, we keep it keep it real thorough. Yo, I don't Mark know if y'all heard, but a uh, Juice Crew reunion 2019 confirmed. This <laughs> confirmed. Hard, hard hey, yo, confirmation. Wally, Listen to this. Life. I get nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. I got one more. <laughs> this is a uh, Molly Marl. It's all real. Mm, Muro rekindled wow. mix. Right. Oh. That's right. Yes, from the Hip Hop Dictionary. Yo, so I have a question. I have a kind of a cliche question for most interviews. It's really cliche. That's when I first got, I came out to Japan. Too. Word. That's Remixed by Murrow. I have a kind of cliche question, right? So, who are you listening to right now, dude? Like, who's out right now that you're like, yeah, this dude? Mm. I kind of like, I like, I like Wiz Khalifa. I like where he going with it. Um, who else do I like? I mean, I like I liked. Um, to be honest, I liked Kanye when he was Same. dropping out of school. When he was a yeah. school dropout type stuff. You know, I like. I think I everybody did. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I wish I wish that guy would come back. Yeah, me too. Um, who else would I love right now? What do you think about like Kendrick Lamar and yeah, what those was, guys are he doing? He was next. He definitely was next. I mean, I would lace, I would lace Kendrick right now. Mm. But okay, so this Crazy. is I love. Okay, first of all, I'm a Kendrick Lamar big fan, right? But we were talking about '88, '89, and also in the '90s as well. Mm. Would Kendrick be noticed? No. At that time, I no. think that Kendrick 
is a palm tree in the desert. I, I agree with mm. you. I think even in the competitive nature of like the in the '90s, he would have a difficult time standing out. J Cole definitely would not stand nah. out at all. No, 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 not even but a little Kendrick, bit. But Kendrick's artistry could stand through. But I mean, I mean. I, the Pimba Butterfly is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, that's a, yeah. yeah it's a but but album. it also you don't you can't make that album in the in the nineties because the, a lot of those sounds were not even there to inspire well, no, I, him. I'm yet, just saying not so. to sell Kendrick short at oh. all. But there are times where like I hear Kendrick like maybe a feature verse or something yeah. that's not yeah. like his project, and I'm just kind of like, oh, that was okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's why I just I don't think that I mean it was so competitive in both of those golden eras. It's like. I mean, it, it bred excellence. There was so much talent there that everybody was going at each other. Now, a, nobody will come at Kendrick. Kendrick's like, he he literally said, say Candyman's name mm. and I'll be there. And everybody's the scared verse. of Kendrick. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, right. nobody will come for him. If, let that have been the 90s. You know what I mean? Everybody would have came for his line at his door. Yeah. Everybody would have came. Way, way more competitive in the 90s. Yeah. It was so competitive. Right now, it's not competitive. No, it's it's, no. it's like um, let's, let's let's all get together and, and kumaya. <laughs> I would say he would still be a competitor in the '90s, but you're right. He, like that's a good analogy. Right now, he's a palm tree in the desert. Yeah, yeah. he's a palm tree in the desert. Because he's dope, and yeah. nobody's around him right now. Yeah. Nobody can even fuck with him. You know, I definitely he got his own lane. I, I think that if he continues putting out these projects, man, he's going to go down as like one of the greatest to ever. Do it, mm. you know. And 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 I I think that. Of like the last ten years, he's the only person in that conversation yeah. that mm-hmm. could even manage to squeak into a top ten. Now, now, do I like anybody in the mumble era? Hmm. I, I, you know who I like in the mumble era though? <clears throat> I became a fan of Future for some reason. I saw his show. At first, I went there like, uh, why am I here? But then it was a, it was an education for me because I saw. 60,000 motherfuckers in syncopation for about an hour and a half. Mumbling. No, no, no. Just, just <laughs> jump. It's like hot bopping. The whole crowd yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. the energy was like something that I've never really seen in at a rap show. And, you know, it made me realize that these new rappers are the, you know, they took the place of what a rock oh, concert yes. would be doing yeah, if rock yeah. was still hot. Mm-hmm. You know, they got the rock crowd now. You know, I go there and I see... You know, mixed crowds, mostly white people, at the at a um, at a future show, but they're they they having the best time of their life, bouncing, going crazy on girls on shoulders, half dressed, people on the floor humping on each other. It's just ridiculous. And you know, I'm saying to myself, I'm looking around at the atmosphere. This would have been a rock concert. 10, 10 years yeah. ago yeah. <laughs> 10 years ago you get what I'm saying so I mean that's what the music is for right. you know to, for people to have a good time we're not listening to see if there's some conscious lyric or you know the wordplay is dope right. it's just like turn up right. and he and Marley said something really relevant on uh, the last interview that I watched him on mm. um, you can say the name it's about I'm gonna edit that shit out <laughs> uh, shout out to Nori and Drink Chance man I like their podcast it's about yeah. um it's about getting out of their way, getting out of the young people's way and letting them do them. You know, we can sit here and we can talk about mumble rap and how they're not as good as the 90s and how they're not as good as the 80s. But if you look at the early 80s into the 70s rap music, it was like a flubby the web to see me to have it, right? Yeah. It was like Hip that too. Dip. But then you get out of their way and what happens 
is the late 80s and you get out of their way is what happens is the 90s so let's just get out of their way and let's see where it's going hold on hold on hold on, hold on. you think there's something spectacular coming out of this i think maybe <laughs> you know we okay. don't know but if we stop it we'll i mean it's kind of right kind of like what you said marley like uh, and mega when y'all kind of converged your points the cannibalism can birth something amazing. True. Mm, we really? don't know what's True. coming after this mumble rap. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, man. The music, the music, it, it, it does exactly what they want it to do. Right. You know what I mean? The, I think my biggest issues with with hip-hop culture nowadays is not what the kids are doing, but kind of what some of the label heads are advancing. Mm. We can't keep pushing this narrative of drug use being a fun, cool thing to do because mm. it's fucking killing the kids mm-hmm. is fucking up a lot of people's lives and and number two man we gotta start giving more respect to the artists if the artists can get paid better i'm all with that like these kids are getting paid congratulations little yachty make right. whatever music gets you from your college dorm to you know the louvre or whatever you do like right. it's it's I, I don't i don't know like there's enough dope hip-hop that i don't need to worry about if something new is going to come from this like <laughs> i like uh, there's still contemporary <laughs> artists there's still contemporary artists that i fucking like you know what i mean Yo, imagine this imagine if in the 80s somebody was like i smoke crack I <laughs> it's, crack. Yo, it's cocaine yeah. Yeah. Weed. Uh, and they uh, <laughs> would that have been a hit is that the way they're doing now because they just prom- you know a lot of times they're promoting drugs they're just work. saying molly so-and-so that and it be, it's becoming a hit now right. if i was in the 80s talking about crack weed what about cocaine? cocaine? Everybody's name was Ski, something yeah. Ski. Yeah. That's crazy too, right? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, it was. It was. What it about the eighties? Eighties, <laughs> everybody was yeah. promoting cocaine. I mean, yo, it's one always of the been most there. prolific rappers of wow. all time, Curtis Blow. Blow. But there's balance too in that era where there's not as much balance. Yeah, in this I era. think they were saying, "Don't do it." Yeah, <laughs> supposed balance. to let's do it. Curtis doesn't. Yeah, right. There's a lot of skis for back blow. then. cocaine was the in drug, just like Molly right now is the in drug. No, it's not good. I don't do cocaine. I also don't do Molly. But I wish I had a blunt right now. Yo, straight up and down. Yo, I don't remember where I heard this story, but. Like somebody went to some show and some rapper like had a pipe with crack in it wow. and they like lit it up and everybody was like, oh shit, that's crazy. You know what I mean? But <laughs> <laughs> that was at that time, that was before, you know, it became crack. You know what I mean? Yo, we didn't realize that crack was bad at a certain point. It was just like a pastime. <laughs> <laughs> it was so recreational. Yeah, the funny shit is like everybody was doing it. Yeah, <laughs> it was See, definitely yo, recreational. Um, um, who was it? DMC actually he 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 was online and he was talking about rhyming about drugs and he was like, "Yo, we did a lot of drugs. I smoked weed more more weed than anybody on the planet at yeah. one point, but mm. I didn't get on stage and rhyme about it." Mm. And that's I the think thing. That's the difference. Like even mm. the people with the ski and the blow names didn't quite get on stage and mm. rhyme about it but mm. it was in their name mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it was still in their name it was, part, it was in the culture though for I'm sure it definitely name. was in the, in the in the early 80s culture drugs and you know you, you know because you had to go up to the disco fever back in the day and there was a room in the fever where every rapper used to go it was called the ice room and they used to go get through go do their thing so it was, you know but i don't but, like the like name of that said, but like you said they wasn't rapping about let's all do it and you know yeah. they wasn't promoting mm. it or yo uh, my name to Brooklyn Ketamine but right. 
You want grand, Marley? grand Molly flowers. Grand over Molly here? flowers. <laughs> I, I kind of want to go back to that uh, that Muro track. Uh, did you have any kind of relation to like hook that up, or was that something the label made happen? Um, that was a label situation. Um, they said that they wanted Muro to do a remix, and they they said pick out a song you want him to mix. And what happened? Um, you know, I think they were, he, he remixed that Lords of the Underground joint, which came out real hot. But it's all real. But yeah. yeah, but but the deal after that, I knew him before that. I used to go to his house all the time, see the records. He used to show me the collection. You know, I used to go to his crib all the time when I used to come to Japan. And it was kind of like honorable to have him even to be involved because I, I knew I used to get, he used to send me every volume of everything he used to do out here. You know, all the, all the mixtapes, the cassettes. And, you know, at one time, you know, he was the king of the mixtapes out in it, hands down. Miro was the yeah, king. He's a legend. Out yeah, here. You know, he put it down. He he kind of helped put Japan on the map for people to take Japan serious for hip hop. Miro. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, if if he wasn't doing that, we probably wouldn't have came out here. We, we saw how serious it was. Oh, he's that's what's happening out there. Well, we mm. got to get out there. Yeah. They serious. So, Miro was one of the people that made me want to come to Japan. I, I didn't know nothing about Japan. My, my first Japanese girlfriend in America told me I was like a god in Japan. Mm. I didn't know. She was yeah, like, yo, yeah. you're Molly Mom. It was it was, you know, it was, after a while, we were talking. She's like, yo, you, you should go to Japan. She, I was like, why? She said, if you go to Japan, you, it'll never be the same. I'm like, <laughs> I, like, I, I, I had no idea. Yes, let me tell you how right. that's true. Right. I, had no, I, I had absolutely no idea that people even knew my name out here. She was like, yo, let me tell you, you need to take your ass to Japan. Yeah. You're so known out there. It's ridiculous. You're like a hip hop god. They will bow down to you in the streets. I was like, huh? And I came out here and that's what started happening. People started like, I was like, oh, this is this is the place. They really respect real. And you know, I'm glad to be a person that comes frequents Japan because it's real, you know. If it wasn't for Miru, I probably wouldn't have been interested at mm. all. We definitely need you to play at Speakeasy. Yeah. Yeah. That's Hurry real up, talk. man. Come on, let's get it together. He's never played Speakeasy before? Muro hasn't played. Man, he be Ooh. out here. But I got some plans, though. Word, word. Plans. Ooh, Make it happen. Out. Yeah. Yo, can we uh, finish up the podcast? Uh, we would like to rifle off a couple different quick, gotcha. fast questions uh, just for you to answer off the head and whatnot. You want to go back and forth late? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, let me start it off. If aliens came down to Earth and asked you to play one album to show them what hip hop was, what album would you pick? You talking to me? Yeah. Oh me. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was thinking about it and nah, shit. Nah, nah, like, I was listening to the music. Uh, I was reminiscing yeah, of that bridge in the background. Yeah. But um um what album would I let them hear? I would probably I, I would let them hear Eric B and Rakim album you know I would let them hear that and he's like this is early hip hop this is what changed everything this, this type of stuff changed everything to where you know to where it went I would let them hear that like paid in full yeah or? paid in full the first album okay. for sure Work. Work there's on. too many records off that one I got one for you just a quick response uh, in relation to paid in full uh, cold cut seven yeah. minutes of madness mm. First time you heard that, what was your response? I was mad like a fuck because Red Alert had it first. 
<laughs> Are we going to so, cut that? <laughs> so I went and made the remix for Eric B's President with the you know the long version, the spe- spe- special mix. Yeah. I went and made that to battle that right. next week, cool, cool, cool. the following week. <laughs> That's how you, you got, motor, you got yo, the motivation. The turnaround right? is yeah. crazy, man. That's what I'm saying. The following week and I heard them play that, I was like, yo, what else is hot from these guys? Let me make a special mix of... Eric B is president, so that's when I made the special mix. Dude, you know, that's when I made that. Yo, one. nowadays these dudes like tease a song. Yo, this song is coming out in a week, and it drops like two months later or something. It may yeah. never drop. It may just be a teaser on YouTube. Right. You're just dropping something yeah. the week later. I told you, hip hop culture. I needed ammunition, man. I want to still keep waxing them dudes every yeah, weekend. Yeah. I needed yeah. that. It was all about immediacy back then, yeah. too, man. Like, even the B-Boy shit is like, yo, you we're know, not preparing this set. We're just going out here and dancing to the music. Right. You or, know, it's, it's funny because, you know, once again, not to be like, you back in the day. I know. That's so corny and shit, right? We got to stop doing that. that I do legitimately miss. And it's from the hip-hop side, the house side, and dance hall side. Like, I'm just talking about, like, some New York City shit, mm. right? I, remiss, I miss going to a club. Hearing a song for the first time mm. because it was the first time ever played. Mm. That happened in hip hop clubs. That happened. Yo, Louis Vega, big up Louis Vega. Mm-hmm. He used to leave the studio. He had this song called You Could Do It Baby, mm-hmm. right? That he did with, um, oh my God, that name just left me. Um, George, George, George Benson. Mm. He did with George Woo! Benson. He Shout left the studio. With the real to real and played the real to real in the club, so the tape was still warm. Wow. Word. I miss. I Magic. miss that. Now Immediacy. it doesn't happen. Oh, it happens That's in true. London, but it doesn't happen. In the word. States. Word. Right. I really wow. miss that. No doubt, man. Question Yo, next. Um, DJ Molly Marl. Mm-hmm. When you walk into a room, or when you're walking down a ramp into. A uh, prize fight, mm-hmm. a UFC fight, mm-hmm. or a wrestling, it's WrestleMania. Boxing match. Mm-hmm. What is your theme music? Mama said, knock you out. <laughs> it's got to be. Right? <laughs> right. We asked that question to a lot of the artists that come in here, and I mean, that's got to be like, you it's can't go said, wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's got to be the number one joint. I mean, yeah. yes. That's like a softball. We just lob it to them, hit it out the park with, you know what I mean? And, or, you know, and a lot of a lot of fighters use that. You know, yeah. They clear it for a lot of fights. For, for me, it's it's like two tracks, right, that, that are undeniable classics. It's uh, Method Man, mm. uh, Bring the Pain, Woo. and also uh, Mama Said Knock You Out. Gotcha. Uh, if right. you were, if say for example, well, you're stranded on a desert island, mm-hmm. and you get to pick two artists, their entire catalog of music to bring with you to listen to, who do you pick? Ooh. It can be mm. hip-hop, or it can be outside of hip-hop. I'll bring Michael Jackson catalog for one. You know, because, you know, it's so extensive and it goes from all the way from the Jackson 5 up to him, up to Remember the Time. Up to that last joint where it's not even him. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they just they got that ass, right? You know what I mean? And yeah. then um, who else would I bring? Um, I would bring, um, just to reminisce and, and, and live as long as I could, I would probably bring In Control 1. My, my album. Nice. You know, mm. Michael Jackson and, and In Control when I could be on a I mean, you can bring your whole catalog. Your discography yeah. would be yeah. fucking right. just yeah. fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That'd be crazy. No doubt. Yo, yeah, that's, that's real talk, actually. Can, yeah, can I jump in? Can I ask yes, you a question? Mine would be the Mazel Brothers. Mazel mm. Brothers? Yeah. Guys, if you, if, if, anybody out there listening, if you don't know who the Mazel Brothers, please Google the Mazel Brothers because their catalog, 
mm-hmm. will have you listening to music mm-hmm. for the rest of your life on that. Okay. Nice. You don't have to hear the same song twice. Mm-hmm. Like nice. it's like that. Nice. Favorite member of the Wu Tang Clan. Oh. You know who I like in the Wu-Tang Clan? I used to like inspect the deck for some reason. <laughs> because everybody liked everybody else. I kind of I kind of fucked with Deck. Yo, mm. I think Deck is every person in the Wu-Tang Clan's favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Got you. I think that's what the case is. I fucks with Deck. Almost, not o- only because of, but that fucking Triumph verse kind right. of made everybody yeah, kind of right. go. And, oh, and, yeah. And secondly, <laughs> the second person I would pick would probably be you, God. I, I kind of like you guys. He's like a distant cousin to me. So Yo, shout out the golden arms. So I got, I got, I give it, I give him his love for real. The golden arms, man. All right, so we want to see. We ask this question to artists, to to people that come in. We ask if you could pick an uh, an artist to have a biopic about, like their own biopic. Who would they pick? And we've got Dilla and stuff like that. But who would you pick? I mean, we want to see your movie, right? Wait, actually, let me ask that first. Who do you cast to play you in probably, your movie? Probably one of my sons. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like, like Ice Cube did on the NWA yeah. joint. I would definitely I pick you were my son. I Okay. No, I would pick, right. I'd probably <laughs> pick my son Lamar. Lakeith, Lakeith looks Stanfield? Like the, he looked the most like me mm-hmm. at that age. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, who would you make a film about? Who would you want to see a film about? Um, who do I want to see a film about? I would like to see a film about a person that changed hip hop for the better. Um, you know, you know. Matter of fact, you know, I'd like to see LL's story. Whoa. To be Word. honest, because it's it's very deep. Cool. You know, between seeing his his father shoot his mom's, you get what I'm saying. As a kid, traumatized by that. You know, it's like you know. I would I would love to see that story, and he triumphed into what he is right yeah. now. And you know, getting you know, bringing his demo to Def Jam or sending it there, and one of the Beastie Boys finding it, and and he became into you know what he is right now. You know, he's on TV on all these TV shows and still touring, and you know, it's, he's like kind of like one of the real goats. I would yeah. like to see his story super, super because it it, it 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 take us up and down. And you know, True. you don't you don't hear his story that much. Yo, he just like, just like a couple years back, somebody broke into his house and he choked him right. out, like you know, butt naked or some shit. Let me tell you, when I went you know to his mean? crib, I went to his house. I don't know if he needed company after that, but the next following week after that, I, he flew me out to his house. Oh shit! Now we sitting in the house. He's showing me where the guy. He's like, yo, he, he's reenacting everything that happened. I came downstairs in my underwear. And I seen somebody in a long coat and a, and, a, and a hat in my house. I thought they was coming to get me, Marley. Because a dude had on a, a long black jacket. So he's like, what the fuck is a long black jacket dude doing in my house? I'm coming down the stairs in my underwear from the bedroom. And I had to put it on him, Marley. Yeah. He, he, he came to the wrong motherfucking house. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know. LL walking around, still got a fucking 16 pack and shit. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yo, that, that dude probably turned around Yo. and saw him and was like, oh, wrong house. I made a mistake. 
<laughs> he's like, I was trying to find Usher's house. You know what I mean? He said, yo, he said, I'll beat his ass. He said, he showed me the spot. Yeah. He showed me everything. He said, yo, I held him here like this. And I said, call the cops. He was telling yeah. his wife. He said, yo, the, the, his wife and him was screaming. They don't yeah. know what the fuck's going on. He said, yo, I put it on him. I made him bloody, right? He said, this whole shit was bloody. Yo, <laughs> you got to make a decision to, like, kill that man. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what he's going to do. Right, right? Yeah. yeah. But he didn't. Right. right. He held him. He held him yeah. to the cops. Got there. And the police would have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be honest, it, he said it was some it was some white dude with a long beard wow. with a long coat on. Maybe it was Santa Claus. I don't know, but <laughs> it was it was ZZ Top. Whatever the fuck it was, picked the yeah. wrong house. Yo, <laughs> you should have went next door. Yo, man. Ain't you hear what happened to fucking Jamie Foxx? You know what? Right, 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 right. What? You said a, a white dude with a long beard. Yeah. Wasn't Rick Rubin trying to <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> say what's up, right? <laughs> He, he, he seriously told me he thought they was coming for him. He's like, yo, wow. Marley, I thought they was coming for me, man. The dude had a long black jacket on, and it was like, it was a, a silhouette of him first. He said, oh, I, I ran up on him like it was a football game and just threw him straight to the ground, pounced on him until he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't move no more. He submitted. I had him in a hole, and, and they called the cops. I held him there for like five minutes in that hole until the cops got there. Mm. I was like, God. Yeah, that's fast it. reaction time for police. Dude's Love. known to take a muscle bone man and put his face in the sand. That's like one of Dallinger's favorite albums, man. He's talking about this hella before. That yeah. was perfect. Yeah. yeah. And even that could be in the movie. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I would love to yeah. see yeah. dude's yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. It's a great choice. That. Yeah. That's yeah. actually a super, yeah, because a super good choice. Choice, because that's something that Molly would take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Produce the movie. Yo, word, so man. you ever think about um, going from uh, producing music to producing movies? Um, yeah, but Hollywood's a little. I'm, I'm not right. the Hollywood type, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't do that Hollywood shit. I feel you. I don't oh, jump God. in the pool with men. <laughs> but, but shout out. They be trying to get you wine stained out there. And shit, yeah. So. Word. Yeah, well, Word. we we do our research here at the Mega Late Show, so I watched the uh, Drink Champs mm -hmm. interview to make sure there would be no overlap. Gotcha. And Nori did ask one of my questions, where uh, you know who did you not expect, or who did you who who didn't you expect to like blow up like they did? And I think you answered like Jay Z. Yeah. But I had a the other side of that question: who didn't blow? that you thought was going to blow? Mm. You want me to put somebody on Flopville right now? <laughs> yeah. Yes, now, please. Who, who do I expect to do better that didn't really do that well? Um, what could I say? Uh, 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 I don't know. Who did I expect to do? Who did I put my time into that flopped? You really want me to tell you that? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's too numerous. I'm going to put somebody on blast. But, um, Anybody who we would know? Um, who do I think would should have did better? I, I already, like like I said, Master Ace for sure. Hmm. I expected Master Ace to do much, much better with cold chilling. But then I realized the politics of the situation. You know, that's probably one person that I worked with that I wish would have did better while we were working together. So that's I would give it to Ace. Word, yeah, it's a good answer. All right, La uh, last question, late. I have one, one more, more after you. Yeah, hypothetical angel and devil on your shoulders, like a cartoon. You know, right? Your good, con the conscious side telling you to to not steal the pie. The the other side telling you to take the pie. Right. If these were, if the angel and devil were people in hip hop, 
alive or dead, who would be on your shoulders? The devil side? Yeah, the dude that would tell Marley to punch that guy in the face instead of walking away. <laughs> Eat the last not, slice of not pizza. Not evil, you know what I'm saying? Not evil. Yeah, just, boys Queens yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, that's I think Sky Zoo said that. Yeah. Everybody I grew up with on the block. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Terry, that's what Sky Zoo said, man. He said, my dude's in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Yo, for real. Yeah, yeah. that's real, real talk. That's real talk. Now, the angels, I kind of maybe I met some angels out here that would have me do something different. You know mm. what I mean? Bring me in a different Yo, direction. Good dichotomy, man. Yeah, I mean, so, there's a lot of angels out here, a lot of a lot of devils where I used to grow up at. They do got some angels out Yo, here. Japan though. will you know chill you out, man. Of course, that's why I come oh, out man. here, man. I come out here to chill. When I come out here, I'm not thinking about none of that shit happening in the states <laughs> until my plane lands back at JFK and shit. I'm like, and then then you know you know I get in the car and hit the first pothole. I realize I'm home. Mm. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Yo, that's real um, talk. Not not so rapid fire. Uh, when you were doing the interview again, mm-hmm. you mentioned one of the reasons you moved out of the hood right. was because girls were coming around and you were afraid of like them getting pressed right. by uh, people. By the wolves. Yeah. And I mean, the climate right now is very, you know, everybody's very hyper aware of, you know, being a bit more balanced. As far as gender issues are concerned, right. like hashtag me too. Right. So I want to ask you about that. And and I'm, I'm kind of putting these two together because I got like a gig in an hour and it's going to take me like an hour to get there. So right, I'm trying right, to put right. this together. Uh, what, what should we do as like hip hop fans when like our idols are, you know, maybe come up? With some of these like issues being wrong, these accusations coming like, up, like Nas and Khalees and like Bambada, Nas, and even far, Bambada. yeah, like Bambada. You know, also. Let, me, let me let me speak about the Bambada shit. You know what I'm saying? What's crazy about the Bambada shit is he, he, you know, he touched a lot of people that was coming up that was under his tutelage. If you know what I mean, like too many. I see, I see them. I, I could tell automatically when I see them at the club, extra drunk. I know why you like that because things happen to you that you're trying to act like never happened so Mm. what's really fucked up and i see them all the time i see the djs you know they don't move to other countries yeah you know they don't go to i go to other countries i see them there and they oh i never i've never been back to since the six you know 70s i understand now i understand why so you're saying when you say he touched a lot of people you mean like physically touched a lot yeah yeah okay of course because i thought you meant okay no because the the room has been like that for years not not you know that's what i heard too the room has been like that for years you know what i'm saying so i've been hearing about it for years but as soon as you know a few years ago when all the people from the neighborhood started coming out and talking about well this is what it was if you ever went you know every project in queensbridge got a house like that if it's a female mm. you know it was a whore and we went up there everybody would go to that house you know you went you was up the whores at the house on the mm-hmm. whore house on the block mm-hmm. you come out smelling like whore right and it was always a dude's house where if you went to that house you already know what what, what it was, was the low down right it was, it was the, l- the down low the down it's low. always like that every project's got that but when they started telling his stories, I started realizing that that shit is that shit could be true because I'm from the hood. It, it was always somebody's house like that. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I went, it's like, oh, that's the that's the house where the run the, the guys that run away 
go stay with him. Yeah. And you already know mm -hmm. what's going on. Him out right. Shit. You already know what's going on. Or oh, that's the that's where the guys go play hooky. Yeah. At his house. Because you know what it is. So when I heard the stories and it started coming out, then I started analyzing the people who used to wear the beads back in the day, who used to pump the fist and be all bam bada this zulu this ba 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 and what's fucked up about that shit with bam is there's a lot of good people in zulu oh yeah there's a lot yeah, of yeah, great man. people that did great things and when that came out that kind of put a, a a stain on every everybody's work that yeah. they've been doing for years right right some good people and and his message right and his message right it's like and so when i you know and i look and i could see i could see the djs i could see the people that we used to run in his circle and I could see why they are the way they are. It clicked for you. Right. Like it all got came together and it's kind of mm, fucked up. Yeah. It's just really fucked yeah. up. Well, you know, that, that whole story is kind of fucked up. You know, and I understand why a lot of people are still hurt in their lives. I see it. Yeah, I be seeing yeah. these dudes at the fucking club drunk as a fuck can't even talk because they trying to forget what mm, happened. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I know people like that. Right. I know, you know, Unfortunately, I know people like that that been through shit, and sometimes in life, because even as a, when I was a kid, somebody tried to come at me. You get what yeah, I'm saying? I was yeah. lucky enough to get away. Mm -hmm. But when I hear shit like that, it kind of trips me out because I could have been a victim like that too. Any, right, anybody right. could have been a victim. A lot of you people get, are victims. Right, right, right. They are. Word. So, so when when I when I heard about the story, it just kind of bugged me out, and it made me realize why some people in that position that they in. That's all. What it was? What kinda, you, it was fucked up. What do you think we should do as you know participants? Or, you know, like, uh, upholders. You know, uh, proclaimers. I can't think of the right word. We we try to spread the culture. We champion. You know, we champions of the culture, right? One of the forefathers. Right. right. What, do we get like, them all the way out of here? Not even as hip hop. Just like as black people, right. we don't have a lot of icons that we can hold on to. Like if we lose like an icon, it's like if we lost like a Nas. hole there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when these kind of things happen, what what's your opinion on what should we do if we lose like a Bambada or lose like a knot? Like if they get canceled. Oh, I was very oh, vocal about the Nas shit. Right. Like I didn't like how he didn't say anything. Right. To me, to me, I'm just like it, the silence is deafening right. when Nas is not talking about that because he champions all this other shit right. and then it's just like silence. Now, right. he came out later, but I think the culture can do without him. Well, you know, it's, it's just weird. I, I have to add one thing. Um, at the end of the day, it's all human beings we're talking about are doing great things, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But just like humans do great things... Flip side, humans can do really fucked up things. Right. So we have to remember every single one of our heroes are humans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Bam did something great. He changed a lot of people's lives for the better. But as him being human, he also did something extremely right. fucked up. Right. So we should not forgive him for the extremely fucked up thing he did. But we should also not forget the amazing thing right. he did. Right. Like it's just like it's like yo, he's human. Yeah, you need to be punished. You fucked up. Same thing with Bill Pill Cosby. Yeah. Right. He did. Did a you lot say of Bill Pill Cosby? <laughs> Pill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Yeah, you're right. 
He did Bill a Cosby. lot of amazing things yeah. and changed people's views yeah. and changed people's lives. Twenty million dollars to black foundations and yeah. scholarships. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. But he also drugged and raped like right. sixty right. something women. So we can't ignore that. But right. we also can't ignore this. Let them be human. Like there's the positive and there's the negative. Right. Yo, right. yeah, you fucked up. You deserve to be over there. But for the good shit you did, thank you. Yeah. It yeah. You know what's yeah. fucked up though? The aftermath. You got to be seeing the victims. Yeah. You get what I'm exactly. saying? Because yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. watching these dudes. I'm watching motherfuckers. I know yeah. you exactly. got touched. Yeah. I know why you like that. So you 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 help people lives, but you also you fuck people lives. You you, yeah. you you that PTSD is lives. real as yeah, fuck, right. man. And, and kill people lives. We don't and realize how many people that grow up in the hood have these type of forms of, of PTSD. I mean, it, people think like, oh, you just shouldn't. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, like, I mean, yeah, I'm not even talking about just like sexual violence. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about like your your mom yelling at you every day and, and your dad calling you things every day. And yeah. you know right. what I mean? Right. The the street corner doing this to you. Like, right. man, it, it sticks with it sticks with people like that. But Yo, man, I've got a theory it? like because they say stress during pregnancy like passes to the baby. Right. I think like. Ever since slavery, oh, yeah, like black people kind of got like, of course, we we we, we, we got some things that, that that need to be fixed because a lot of things we could overlook that we need to stop doing that. We need to sometimes we got to stop overlooking things that's not good, you know, like our our molesting ass uncle. Everybody probably got one mm. that you don't that you don't leave in the fucking house with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He need help. Get that motherfucker mm. help. Yeah. Stop letting him roam around and don't keep saying and making a joke out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know Uncle Uncle Billy? He's too yeah, touchy. Yeah, yeah. He's right, too right, Philly right. with the girls. Yeah, you can get him some fuck. Get Uncle yeah. Billy some help. Yeah. That's what we need to start doing instead of just talking about it, acting like and trying to act like it ain't there. Trying to put up blinders to something. Yeah. Because that's that's what we do as a people a lot. Yeah. We need to stop that. And when you know, and another thing. Like you know, with with us killing each other, why won't why don't we protest when 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 eighty people get shot in in, in Chicago? Mm. Where's the where's the protest for that shit? You understand? Where's that at? That that's 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 what bugs me out. It's like okay, a cop could shoot you by you know you know it's by mistake or not. It's not supposed to happen. But you want to go protest when it happens, but. On the weekend in, in in Chicago, eighty people get shot. Where the protest for that? And I mean, there are probably people like there are, but but you know, it's not nearly at the same level. Where's the anger? Well, we where's, also we where, also champion that type of violence in in our cinema and our culture. Yeah, like like the drug shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nobody wants. Everybody's sad when whatever artist dies from an overdose for a day or two but then they go right back to listening to the music like future is really on a lot of his records like crying for help on his drug addiction mm-hmm. and everybody just in the at, at the at the concert turning up doing the drugs you to know the what I mean? so like, me, he probably don't even do him he's just pumping that shit yeah. to the people <laughs> if he's smart <laughs> you know what i'm saying it, it definitely it definitely could be that i don't know if he's you on i don't know could if he's on molly's yeah i don't know if he's on that because hey, it's I, a good look it's a him. good look for the culture to sell that though right uh, right because yeah. because they try to keep us, like it. our culture stupid yeah man that's what it is they they push stupidity on our people which is kind of fucked up and 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 we buy it you know why are we such customers yeah, yeah. why we don't own shit because why are we buying from everybody because that's what we've been uh, 
drilled to condition right. to do. Conditioned to do. We, we're used to being owned. So we, like you say, we buy shit, but no, we're owned by shit still. Yeah. Mm. Which is why I fucking left. Right. I got you. I got you. I got you. We're still owned by shit. We're still owned by the corporation, right. which is why we are slaves to the corporation. Right. So. It's crazy. We, we, and you left too, man. You didn't physically leave, but you were like, yo, there's another way out of this shit, right? Of course, of course. And this, which is why I'm not there anymore. Right. Hashtag make that's, To be honest, that's why, that's, why, that's why I get the fuck up out of the country sometimes, because to be honest, it's, 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 it's too, it's, it's way out of control. I don't, I don't like seeing us as customers. You know, the new Jordans come out, everybody got to go get them. They online. You go look at the line. Who's online? Some yep. people that's not even didn't even pay their rent. Yeah. And Michael Jordan is like, eat a dick. Like, for right, real. right. He's like, yeah, you know what I'm I ain't doing shit for Chicago. Oh, right, right, right. They shoot another, I'm good. Right. Yeah. Let me sell them so they can shoot each other for my, no for my Jordans. You know, like I, I know he don't think like, like, like that, but, right. you know, that's 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 the culture. No doubt. Yo, let's end this on a, a more lighthearted note. A lighthearted note? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, uh, word association? Yes. Okay. So we'll say a word and. You'll say the first thing that comes to your mind? Yep. All right. Uh, you want to start off, Mega? Sure. Dilla. Ooh. Extension of Kanye. No, Dilla, Dilla is extended to Kanye because if there was no Jay Dilla, mm. I don't know if there would be a Kanye because he just took it to the next level from Dilla. Mm. And when you think of Jay Dilla, when you say Jay Dilla, I think Pete Rock. Um, Pete Rock. I feel that a lot of people studied Pete Rock real hard and, you know, and did that thing and, you know, they just studied Pete Rock. The way people studied me in a way, I think when that generation came out, Pete Rock was a blueprint of what they should should be. And, I, you know, when, you, when we say Jay Dilla, I, I think of where it went after him and where it came from. And I think it came from the Pete Rock eras and, um, turned into what Kanye started doing so that's, that's what, what do you think when, when you say Dilla yeah I say permission to be sloppy gotcha uh, I think Dilla gave a lot of and not, not sloppy in a bad way not, don't, it's not a diss at all um, I think Dilla gave permission to not draw inside the lines with his tracks gotcha Gave a lot of yeah. people permission to draw outside of the line. Gotcha. gotcha. Word. Uh, Rakim. God. Um, yes. Big Daddy Kane. I didn't do Rakim. <laughs> oh, no. Like, uh, oh, oh, you said God. Like, said usually God. it's supposed to be. Oh, you I did. Oh, God. shit. <laughs> no, my bad. My bad. Oh, you didn't say that? Oh, Rakim. Rakim. I thought it was. Yeah. Rakim Tone. Grandmaster Cass. Greatest of all time. Ooh, word. Uh, big. Ooh, flow, locking onto a beat like no one other. Snoop Dogg. My nigga, smoke. <laughs> <laughs> My smoke partner. <laughs> uh, Lil. Which Lil? Just the word Lil. What's the first thing that pops up in your mind? Oh, that that sounds like my son mom name. Mm. <laughs> I think of my son mom looking around like, you know, right, right. <laughs> shit, what'd she say? <laughs> uh, all right, Queens. Queens Bridge. Tokyo. Shibuya. 
I don't really have any more, man. I'm just happy to I be got, here with you. I got a few more. Go New. Old. DJ. Molly Mall. Juice. <laughs> Sir Juice, Mr. Magic. Hip hop. Trash. Right. Um, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Right now. I think um hip hop, one of the greatest communicators of all times that we ever seen. Hip hop brings people together. If it wasn't for hip hop, I wouldn't be sitting here in front of you guys. I wouldn't even be in Japan because there would be no connection. So I think that hip hop is hip hop is one of the greatest connectors of people around the world. Right? Mm-hmm. If there was no hip hop, you know, yeah, it's something that brings people together. So I, you know, I think about that. No, hip hop saved my life, man. Hundred percent. Hip hop saves life. Yeah. K Def. K Def. Tight snares. DJ Marley Marl. Innovator. That's what I'm saying. Yo, this has been the Mega Late Show. Yo, this is like a four-hour episode of some shit, man. Yo, thank you for rocking with us, man. Oh, shit, I forgot. We got to fucking rock with us, man. (laughs) That's what it is. Yo, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. You know, for real. Yo, DJ fucking Molly Marlin. Yo, thank you for checking out that interview with Marley Morrow. Uh, we know y'all been listening for a minute, so we're just going to run through these shows in Tokyo real quick. That's right. Yo, this Friday, the 12th, uh, ain't shit going on. But on the 13th, we got The Breakdown. That's uh, Chase, Kaz, and Adam. Adam over at uh, Coins Bar. That's every second and fourth Saturday. Uh, because Life is Balanced Volume 1 is happening at Unit. That's over in Daikanyama. That's going to be a whole bunch of beat makers like our guy Tajima Hall and a whole bunch of other people. So definitely go check that out. On the 16th, we got Underdigit. That's uh, Kokimura and DJ Hiro. I think they've switched it up. Uh, DJ Hiro's doing... First and third Tuesdays, Kokimura is doing second and fourth Tuesdays. I may be uh, appearing on one of those Tuesdays, so keep listening. I won't be there this Tuesday, but I'll be there on the 23rd, so come out and check that. Some house, techno, underground dance music. Also that same day, the 16th, we got Palladium Lab with Yori Bradshaw. That's every second and fourth Tuesday. Super Plum Donuts Deluxe is going down. Oh, sorry. Palladium Lab is at Rep in Shibuya. Uh, Super Plum Donuts Disco Deluxe is going down at Our Lounge in Shibuya. And that's uh, Robochu and Donuts Disco Deluxe. Our guy Akinsuke is doing Nova. That's every Wednesday in Umegaoka at Quintet. Uh, Nape or Nape presents the circles is going down at Contact in Shibuya on the 18th. That's Thursday. That's Yuki Beb, Shiori Bradshaw, Yon Yon, and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, also, Lidley, Tajima Hall are going to be there. So it looks like a beat hip hop dope show. Actually, I may go check that out. That looks pretty dope, actually. Uh, and on the 19th, Friday, we got Mixed Nuts 2. That's Buddy. Bim, Muro, Yuki Beb, Yapi, and some other people. Yo, I just listened to uh, 
I think Bim's album, and that shit is pretty dope. He's uh, the single's really hot. He's got some other hot tracks on there. So if you want to catch out some Japanese hip hop, go listen. Wait a second, that's that Buddy Buddy. Is I that, don't think it's Buddy. No, no. Okay. I think it's a Japanese rapper. Okay. It probably isn't Buddy. Word. I'm pretty sure. But uh, yeah, that's the calendar. Uh, on the 28th, Speakeasy. Sorry, the 27th, we got. Uh, Island vibes. Island vibes. Tokyo was here with Jet Set Records. That's our guy. I am Jesse. That's going down at Batica. Uh, hella yeah. people on that lineup. Yo, peep the calendar, man. Like almost mm. everybody is gonna be there. Like the last Tokyo was here. Yeah, we're also gonna be live streaming that joint too. So make I'll sure mention, to tune uh, in for special this. Special guest Sean G uh, from LA. And yeah, 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 we'll be live streaming. So peep. Uh, one of our pages for all the info indeed and then the next day speakeasy is going down at tokyo dome roller skating arena uh yeah that's the crew it's a halloween joint uh costumes but there are some restrictions so please check out all the information on speakeasy's page and we also might live stream that but that is still being discussed oh smooth as eggs uh, is no longer on mondays we are um we are restructuring, rebranding, so I'll let y'all know whenever the next one is going to be. That's DJ right. DJ Marley Marl. Yeah, that episode was crazy, man. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Go to iTunes, rate us five stars. Go to our SoundCloud page, Spotify, or whatever. Leave comments. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. Share with your friends. And, um, yeah, expect more dopeness from the Mega Late Show crew. Me and Late. Peace. Fulfill your cash, get pilled, and that's the deal. Fuck the bitch ass and switch fast, niggas that lack the real. When the slugs burst, G Rap be aiming at your mug first. Niggas is bloodthirst, they see who get plugged worse. We dug earth to place you, put the nickel bladers to your facial. Bullets ain't racial, kid, they only hate you. My nine'll seem like it's a time machine, BC date you. Jacking you more than Ripper, my fifth's an organ shifter. The human organism lifter, you'll be hearing organs if you're leaving orphans. If you let these fools hit you with a law splitcher, a four pitcher, the bump heads, but those that don't. Let accurate shots in back of your knot Leaving one dead, G-Rap, Havoc, and Prodigy Let's put these bitch niggas where bodies be done Yo, if it gotta be, it gotta be, it gotta be Living with their lives on the line For young guns coming up during these times For police who find drugs letting niggas slide For niggas out slinging like four in the night For your man's not snitching when the pressure is tight 
For pistols that don't jam when it's time to strike For bootleg liquor on a Sunday night This be the realest shit you heard in your life uh-huh. When the gas spits, some niggas get blown off the atlas The half is unsolved mystery, reenactments, get practice What you lack is, you think like the average Jake's dumbfounded, leaving crime scenes get handled Nothing but cannons, got conspicuous Like a laminate branded with a serial scratch Bad apple out of the bag, done it made me like that If I could push back the clock, probably leave it like that Draw blood for my niggas, G-O-D, Tynity and Twin And Twin is not here, plus my kin Killer be forever with me, quick to set it with me And to QB, they show love throughout the years with you me You got guns, we got guns, the serious ones Leave foul powder stuck in your lungs We come from where niggas look out for they dun-duns Love never disrespect, hit niggas with redirect For street niggas living with their lives on the line For young guns coming up during these times For police who find drugs letting niggas slide For niggas out slinging like four in the night For your man's not snitching when the pressure for pistols that don't jam when it's time to strike For bootleg liquor on a Sunday night This be the realest shit you heard in your life Never prejudge, it be the humble that'll squeeze slugs It be the one standing still that'll peel guns Spill blood for my thuns, dug it for me Man, you don't wanna get involved, fuck it with P I spent more nights healing, less nights chilling The more shots they hold, the better they feel it What be the dealings? Some killers like to hide behind specs Others got blatant disrespect And the rest are so young that you wouldn't even expect To be bursting off guns like a Vietnam vet On the steps, sitting in the stairs Case bent, thinking on ways to take another man's head. Go to war with niggas that's against what I rap. I settle things with a heavy metal fifth. Change clips, switch clothes after I spit. Place niggas back in their space. Fuckers on your mind, kid. For street niggas living with their lives on the line. For young guns coming up during these times. For police who find drugs, letting niggas slide. For niggas out slinging like four in the night. For your man's not snitching when the pressure is tight. Torture, slaughter, then I murder. 
lyricist, a form of genius. Rhyming is a skill, the source is energetic. My techniques are brilliant, and I'm hyperkinetic, individual, intelligent, concept navigator, tragedy, the live motivator.
pull teeth like a dentist. So brother, brother, please don't play it. The rhyme is prime every time that I say it. Actions in effect, nothing changed but the weather. Nah, but we still rock together. Craig G. Yo, I believe that's me. Hey, yo, Craig G. Yo, I believe that's me. Hey, yo, Craig G. Yo, man, I believe that's me. Kick it. One, two, three. Yo. Once again, a brother's back to attract many age groups. Sporting green and beige boots, popping like the Hulu. You step to me and you'll be stepping with a death wish. You probably thought I'm soft. Of course you never met this. I'm not a crazy man, gun-toting hooligan. But pass a mic to me and rappers, I'll be doing it. So, yo, slide to the left a bit, because I'm about to blow up in the 90s. And I bet you get jelly. And think of trying to do me. I work for my spot, so don't try to remove me. Because I can swing a rap like a batter hits a fastball. Throw on my track shoes and run right all horny MCs and wannabes get played like a permanent crease in your leaves. So next time the wizard gives you soft as a heart. Don't step to me because I rip the shit apart. Cause this ain't Mr. Rogers and I never play pretend. So think about it, sharp fifth and step to me again. Yo, big dad. Yo, I believe that's me. Hey yo, big dad. Yo, I believe that's me. Big dad. Huh? Guess that's me. One, two, three. True and living mathematics, Asiatic Coming up on the microphone just like an addict Make the fit 100% legit As soon as I hit Shit. Cause I'm gonna make the audience support me and support me and reward me when they saw me in action with my sword again Sharper than any other instrument that archaeologists can't find, never known to mankind Cause I'm a rare species and all your filthy McNasty MCs can't even see me You're too fragile to touch this mad style, girls be running up saying no, you're too bad child So say your breath and next to stage left, retreat before you meet defeat and greet you're any champion that even tries to touch this Won't even get to keep this title long as Douglas See, I'm the wrong one to fuck with Oh, you're still standing there? Hey, look, 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 kid I'm dashing the batch and crash and smash them C's And enemies with these Cause I make sure everything comes out smooth But you know your little brother must deserve this groove Drop something quick, releasing a bomb with quickness To let MCs know about my existence Any MC to last a minute's pure lucky Cause I'm the baddest kid that you've seen since Chuck So Coogee Rap Yo, I believe that's me So G-Rap Yo, I believe that's me So Coogee Rap Yo, I believe that's me One, two, three Yo, straight out the motherfucking gutter I open my shutter, the butter ass brothers and rip them like a box better You brush up, I pull a trigger I figure nobody can dig her Millie Vanilli ass nigga Prepare for shoe a pair I'm knocking boots daily Fruits I rip them right out the roof like Alex Bailey Here I come straight to the mouth I'm kicking this slick Lyrics are harder than a dick inside a whole house Your neighborhood heroes are zero I'm sending motherfuckers on a midnight run like De Niro So here goes a rapper to the tackle Feel the steel scalpel Press up on your Adam's apple Before the pistol and you're crazy Try to blast and I'll be spinning that ass like Patrick Swayze Steady reciting what I rock They came in a flock What is this shit new kids on a cop? When I battle, you need a paddle Cause shit creeps deep But since you're riding on my dick, you need a saddle Nuts and bothers, I spit on my complex saliva Well, next stop, hella poppin', I'm the driver Some big rappers try to diss, they're a little too proud But niggas on white clouds are on my shit list Do your ass in, like Kennedy's assassin Murdered the whole master, tired the trespassing I float on notes like a sailor Holes are like clothes, I got the ass sewn up Just like a teller Cool G rap, one in a million You're rolling the dice to get sliced the fuck up like a Sicilian a nigga can't do shit for me. She rapping Molly Maul. I'm shouting out on a symphony.